Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan here. I know a lot of you create your own podcasts, and a lot of you already have one like me. I obviously love what I do. It's taken a lot of hard work to get to this point of success. You shouldn't have to pay fees for platform hosting, distribution, analytics, or fees to create a podcast. You need to be able to focus on producing the best show possible. Now, Podcast One, that's a network I'm on, they have Launchpad Digital Media, or Launchpad DM for short. So it's free, includes unlimited hosting, full control of distribution. You have access to a full dashboard with analytics. Again, totally free. You own everything, by the way. You own your content, you own your subscribers, no tricky stuff there. And you get your own show page on launchpaddm.com for people to listen to and subscribe to your show. It's the only hosting platform brought to you by the leading network, Podcast One. Podcast One will promote the site, drive people to discover your podcast. And if your show grows, you could even be invited to join Podcast One's all-star roster, which includes people like Adam Carolla, Caitlin Bristow, Shaq, Lady Gang, and of course, me, Jordan Harbinger, I'm there too. You also get access to their production and sales support. So with all this completely free, don't use other hosting platforms. Why would you need to? Learn more or sign up now at launchpaddm.com. And don't forget to check out the Jordan Harbinger Show. Welcome to Real GM Radio. I am Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. This is the continuation of a long-running Real GM Radio tradition, over-unders with Arturo Galetti. It is an absolute pleasure every year we go through all of the teams we do conference by conference. We've actually recorded the whole thing, but it's too long to release as one podcast. It's already maybe too long to release as two, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And this is the Eastern Conference, so we go through largely from bottom to top and over-under, division, rookie of the year, MVP, all that fun stuff for every team in the Eastern Conference. This episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use that podcast one promo code for a 50% welcome bonus. Also, in a genuine rarity for Real Jam Radio, this episode has timestamps. I took the time. It's valuable enough to take the time myself and do that before publication. So if you look in the episode description, it should be there in terms of the teams and the times. So if you want to only listen to something specific, you can do so. As usual, this is an absolute behemoth. This episode, Just the East, is well over two hours, and I hope you enjoy it. it it's a lot of work to put together, but it's so much fun, and I learned a lot, too. I, we, we talk about it a little bit, but it's, it was a clarifying process, so I hope you enjoy it as well. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. It, what is this? This is our, uh, I got this around. It's our... I think it's our fifth see. year. One, two, three, four, five... Uh, no, it's our sixth. Uh, this wow. is our sixth. Like over on there, we did the first one in 2016. So 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20. And I think this actually might be one of the like the earliest times we've actually gone out and done it of of all of them. And I, actually, I kind of think this one's the one with like we were talking about this before we started. It's the one with the most roster turnover. Yeah, there, there's been so much that has changed over the course this year, and that's actually part of why I wanted to do it a little earlier this year, was to to get into it and, and really think about it and start to piece together where these teams are. And because sometimes in a year with so much that changed, if you have a read on a team, this is when you can actually get value, you know, well, because before it. before it normalizes and stabilizes. I don't think, that do any of the, none of the major contenders from last year functionally exist anymore? 
like Milwaukee. Well, Milwaukee. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to point. Milwaukee because there's there's some issues with Milwaukee. We'll get to that. But like, if you really think about it, like the Warriors don't exist as the way they did last year. The Celtics don't exist the way they did last year. The Rockets don't exist the way they did last year. The Raptors don't exist the way they did last year. Sixers even. Uh, they're fundamentally, the they're fundamentally different they're team. Fundament- These are like fundamental. Like every single one of the major contenders from last year, like had a major change i mean other than the bucks where it was more it's more ancillary but like really you know we've never had this right typically you know people play out the string right and it's it's just a really interesting you know i i I remember the jokes when people would joke that like the warriors ruined basketball like this is fascinating i mean like we don't know what we really don't know what the hell uh, the season's going to look like, and right. it, it's going to be really interesting because of that. And I think this is going to be a more compelling year, and obviously it can change, be, with the regular season and with the playoffs, because one of my operating theories of this year is that partially because of the turnover, the teams that are strong at the beginning of the year and the teams that are strong at the end of the year might not be the same. And so well, that's, There's actually another little twist to, to throw in, and I'll mention it because we'll get back to it. It's, they changed the uh, they changed the draft lottery rules, mm-hmm. right? So one of our one of our big fallbacks was like, well, we think this team is tanking, but really, if you look at it, particularly this happened at the end of last year. A lot of teams, once you got into the range of, oh, I'm within those six picks. Well, you, there was no incentive to tank because really your odds were pretty flat. So a lot of these teams that would typically give up at the end of the season, the Hawks is one example, those teams were actually playing and being competitive in games. And I think it, it throws a little bit of a – because we can't just assume teams are just going to tank at the end of the season because I think that's going to be slightly different this year. Agreed. And a couple other a couple other things to mention before we get going. These are more terminology things than anything else. You and I have been doing this for six years, so we have a lot of it as shorthand, but so the listeners have it. Over under is easy. It's just is it, you know, or do you think they're gonna go over the low total or do you think they're gonna go under the high one? Because for some teams there are different numbers that you can get it at, and so you wanna you obviously wanna pick the one that is most advantageous to you. Another thing we talk about is fade versus play. That means we're making a pick for every single team, but there are some that we feel more strongly about, so those will be plays. The other ones will be fades. I actually, my original one, I only had 10 plays, and I didn't think that was nearly enough, so I added a couple. So I'm at 12 now, and who knows, maybe over the course of our conversation, I'll add another couple. And uh, the other thing is, you cannot short, and correct me if I'm wrong, you cannot short like title odds, conference odds, division odds. So even though there are certain circumstances where I think that would be a, a like a smart play were it possible, it isn't. So I'm not going to really talk about that. I mean, there are angles around like shorting that kind of thing, and there are angles around playing that. But typically, if you like to short the division odds on someone, you're looking for a hedge. Like you're looking for what is the alternative, right? Right. So, so maybe it's going under it- or something else. Let's give an example. If there was like a team where I think is wildly overrated for conference odds, you could definitely go out and look for teams that are wildly like what are the best field options for that particular thing. And we'll talk about that like when we talk about like rookie of the year and MVP and that kind of thing. We're like, oh, I don't. This is the clear favorite. Well, but I actually kind of think these are the guys that are like interesting for that particular bet. Um, I think, and I mentioned this as well before the the pod, and I'll mention it now, which is. There, there are. A, this year is really the first year where we have a widespread book, U.S. books uh, around. That means there's a lot of different numbers out there, and there's a lot of like I saw a lot of 
um, like high, vi- like like favorable um, paybacks. So like typically, I assume we're gonna get like a 110 payback, which is like the standard payback when you you know you bid 110 to get 100 dollars back. There was a lot of 133 out there, particularly for certain teams, because there's a lot of competition among the book. So my suggestion is, if you're doing this for like for like if you if you want to put some money down, shop around. There are some interesting options. You you will get some interesting prices and some interesting numbers. Yeah, that's absolutely something worth keeping an eye on. And we're going to go through these in order of their 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 win projections for this year. So uh, right. so obviously, because there, there are teams that had some change. Now, that is not true for the team at the bottom of the East. That is the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs last year won 19 games. They really had less turnover than, than a vast majority of teams, though maybe they're hoping for some turnover regarding health because Kevin Love missed so much of last year. And there, if you want to go over, you can get it at uh, at basically it's twenty four. So if you want to go over, you can get it at twenty four. If you want to go under, you can get it at twenty four. And I think that's a really good number. I I expected to I expected to feel more confident about the Cavs, like that 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 Vegas. I use Vegas as the shorthand for all this stuff. That Vegas was going to screw this up, but I think this is a good line. Um, so there's a couple of questions around the Cavs. So the first one, as you mentioned, there's not a lot of turnover on this team. This is pretty much the same team as it was last year, and it's probably going to be healthier. Uh, it's a young team. Uh, it does have, like, hey, Kevin Love and a couple other guys. And they're actually – there's a team that was better than the record last year. Now, there's some issues, like, are they going to actually try? Um, I noted for this team that they uh, – I believe they they have a, a number one, which is protected – which is going to New Orleans, and it's protected one to ten. So I think – I mean, you know, the range where the, where the uh, wind protection is – is in line with them, you know, oh, we've gotten to, like, more or less around the 10th spot, and, we, you know, our pick is fine. And even if they, I mean, even if it doesn't, like, let's say it conveys, let's say if it conveys, it doesn't really affect them too much because they're really young and they're still getting picked the year after, so it's not a huge deal. Um, the question is going to be is, like, do we think Kevin Love's going to be playing with them past the All-Star break? Yeah, that's a challenge. I, I think that it, with the right offer, they would move him. But Love has paid so much money over the next couple of years that the sticker shock is going to be a real thing. It does tone down with the passage of time just because you owe him less money. But my instinct as of right now is that since he hasn't already been moved, that he won't be moved this league year, but that he might be – or not this league year, this regular season and then maybe he gets moved next june july august something in that range and that would help but for me so i ended up going under and fading this because it's it's a good number and so i didn't i didn't feel confident in it in necessarily is their defense i mean cleveland was the worst defensive team in the league last year by a mile and a half and unless tristan thompson has a renaissance which i don't expect that will not really change that much so even if their offense gets better and i fully expect it to they're going to be so bad defensively that there are going to be games that they just have no chance in. And so that puts them more in this, you know, 22-24 type of range. And so it's a close call. It's a judgment call for me. But because of the defense, I ended up going under. I'm going over, but it's a slide over, so it's a fade. I mean, I, I don't feel great about it. Um, but I, I mean, I kind of think I'm, I'm going over 23 and a half. They won 19. I would expect them to win six. I mean, just on getting older, they should win six or seven or eight more games. 
and then you throw in Kevin Love playing. I mean, I think I mean there's a world where this team is winning 35 games, right? I mean, it it, it really does depend on on the mood of that front office and whether or not they care about that pick and whether it starts to develop. I mean, like again, the, Colin Sexton was actually getting better, like at the end of last year, like his his shooting was up. There's and again, there's there's some like NBA players on this. You, their defense is terrible, but uh, Ty Lue isn't there anymore. So that should be an improvement. Um, and so I think that there's room to hope. Uh, I mean, I don't think, like, I think the high mark for a non-LeBron season for the for the the Cavs is, is I think it's 31 wins in this, like, so that's, that's a very long time. Since, no, no, 33 wins. I don't think that 33 wins in a non-LeBron season is at risk. So, but I, I do think that, like, I, I don't think 30, 31 is, is out of the question. So I'm going over, but I'm fading it, right? I, I, don't, I don't love it. Yeah, I could absolutely see them going over this number. It wouldn't take that, because of how bad they were, it wouldn't take that much of an, of a, an improvement. You know, like, kind of like, you know, regressing to the mean, you could put it that way. You know, like, that sort of a movement would, could give them a couple wins and gets them close to this number. That's what makes me queasy about going under. But even though the gravity for falling at the very bottom of the league is a lot weaker than it was before, I think that Cleveland, just by virtue of being as young as they are, what happens is I don't think they're going to tank necessarily, but I do think that they're just going to give their young guys more minutes, and generally speaking, young guys are bad. So if they, if once they're out of it, if they just say, let's play Kevin Porter more often, let's play Dylan Windler more often, they're already going to be playing Garland and Sexton plenty, so that's not a problem. And maybe they'll have some project bigs or maybe it's Zizic or whoever else and that that leads them to being a little bit worse but uh, it's a close call I don't think I, that, that Kevin Love contract is kind of insane but mm-hmm. I don't think like guys like I keep thinking I, I keep thinking Tristan's not going to be on this team uh, right, and or, a couple of the other Jordan guys. Clarkson like it feels yeah, like he's going to end up somewhere else or Larry, Nance, Larry Nance Jr. there's a couple guys on this team that are like pieces that are like going to be useful at some point for a playoff team so yeah I mean we don't like their, like they're the worst team in that division right Yes. Yeah, they are. And so that makes the division odds and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's and also there are enough there's enough talent in that division where even if they, you know, did one of those positive things that you were talking about, they wouldn't be able to win the division. I mean, the Bucks are in that division. So I mean, I could again, I could see them winning like 36 games and getting an eight seed, right, which is. Or like 35 games and getting an 18 day. Because again, I think, and, and this will be a topic in the first half of this uh, podcast, which is the East is bad this year. The East is really bad this year. Like, 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 this is a callback. Like, this is kind of the, the, the. I think the payback for like last year winning the title. It's like they're not good. Oh, um, I, actually, bef- before we move on to the next team, we should we'll do something that we should have done at the beginning, which is kind of talking about how this has gone the last couple of years. I when you you've thankfully put it in the in the Excel that we work from, and oh yeah, we've done well. Like like last year was was a particular strength for me, but I mean overall, this has been it, it's a pretty rosy picture. I think uh, we've done this for six years, right? Um, I've uh, like my picks have never lost money. Uh, Danny's picks have uh, one like when he says bet, he basically his picks have won money every year. Uh, I think uh, the first year you lost a slight amount of money on, uh, but that was if you bet everything overall. that you did uh, yeah. overall. Yeah, on average, and this is assuming you put a hundred dollars on. Every, if you if you assume we put you put a hundred dollars on every bet we give out, right? 
uh, winning at a 110. Uh, on average, uh, for me, it's 665 and up, and for you, it's 500, so that's the average. Uh, if you go just on the bet ones, it's about, I think you're, you're 500 and I'm like 600. Um, Jacob Goldstein, who provides the projected wins, has also done really well, particularly on that, like consistently well uh, as well in the in the same range. If all three of us, like if if Danny and I and Jacob all agree, those picks are have an insane rate, something like an eighty percent rate of, of wins, right? Uh, so like for example, like right now the first one we just did the Cavs. Uh, Danny's under on a fade. I'm an over in a fade. Uh, Jacob's model is over in fade. So really. This one is in a. This is this is this is. We're all kind of like, oh, that that twenty four and a half is a good number. <laughs> and by the way, I'm going over twenty three and a half. I'm not going over uh, twenty four and a half, which is kind of an important distinction. Yeah, it is. Again, that could be could be important for this team. We can move on to the Charlotte Hornets. The, their previous oh, yeah. their previous record doesn't matter at all because they don't have Kemba Walker anymore. But the number does matter, and so it's it's twenty three and a half either way. So that means you can get it under. They have to win twenty three, and to go over, they have to win twenty four. And I feel pretty good about the overplay here on a very surprising reason, and that is I do not like. I think I'm going to hate watching the Hornets this year. But twenty four win teams are genuinely terrible, and I think they have enough talent where they're not going to be genuinely terrible. Yeah, it's like you know you can always count on us to like the over for the uh, the Hornets. That's um, true. There's a historical. Precedent. We always we always like the over on this team, but I mean like let, let's talk logically. I mean it's it's twenty three and a half. They own their own pick, right? It's the number that we're looking at. Um. I mean, this team has never really, like, gone out and, I mean, well, there is the famous, like, nine-week season, season a, a couple of years back. But, I mean, I think generally they're going to be compete. They're, they're competently coached. Uh, I don't dislike the – I mean, like, I think Batum might get moved at some point. But generally the players aren't terrible, right? Well, um, so that, that actually ties in with part of my organizing theory with the Hornets, which is – their players aren't bad, and they're on bad contracts, which makes it a lot harder to move them. So like Batum, the reason he might not get traded is because he makes a ton of money. And so sort of like the Kevin Love situation, he might be unhappy, he might be a fish out of water, not being on a competitive team. But with Charlotte, you know, Cody Zeller's kind of in the same spot, not paid as much as Batum, but probably not going to see him get moved. So I think you have this kind of core level of competence. It could be the same with Michael K. Gilchrist and a few of these other guys where, you know, they're just, they're an uninteresting team and they're not a particularly good team, but they're not truly awful. And, you know, 24 wins, it's not a total that happened a lot last year because the bad teams were so bad and then everybody else was a little bit past it. Like, for example, Chicago winning 22 was as close as we got last year, but that's a pretty bad team. And I think Charlotte's just a little bit better than that. So I mean, you're, you're, I mean, are we really going to bet on Terry Rozier? I, I, th- I think you're betting on their overall roster, and I mean, it is th- a shallow team, pretty much. I mean, they're not particularly good, but for a kind of quote unquote bad team, they do have a lot of guys that can at least play. You know, like the Marvin Williamses of the world, and if they can get anything from somebody like Malik Monk, or if they can get a better season from Miles Bridges, they have space in the rotation for those guys. So, like, this is one of, like, this is a play that I feel pretty good about, but not amazing. We'll have some that I feel stronger about later on. But... I just I just think they're going to be there, and, and there is a little bit of the gravity concern, like if they're playing at a 27-win pace for most of the year and then just fall off a little bit, that could certainly happen. But you have to play some things, and, I mean, you're not going to have 100% success rate. So, I don't know. I, like I, I mean, 
you know, I think it's interesting. I looking at it, I think I'm going to talk myself into it. Um, it, it because I mean, it's 23 and a half, and I think that as much as the fall off, I mean, the, the main fall off is okay. So they got rid of Kemba and replaced him with Rosier, right? And is the fall off from Kemba to Terry that high? I mean, are we talking about a fall off of 12 games? And I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, the the concern is that Charlotte last year, amazingly enough, they were 11th in offense using cleaning the glasses filter because that takes out garbage yeah. time. And that can fall off. You know, like if, if they lose a few points a game there and don't get better on defense, then you start to get low. But I do think that there's there's some room there. Like I mean, to to be to still be better than twenty four. I think we're overplay on this, aren't we? Yeah, I I definitely am. I think you are as well. It, it's it's oh god. We, don't we all we always we always take Charlotte. It, it never fails. We always take the over. But it, it, it's paid off a few times, even when they've been disappointed. Yeah, so you know, I, they're, we, Vegas is usually low on them because I don't think they have much of a constituency. Now here's the thing: Do we think that they can win the Southeast? No, I to me this to me this team has a ceiling of like a fringy playoff team, and there are enough teams above them that have some juice that it's not a terrible bet. Like it's not as bad as let's say Cleveland's odds or the Knicks or some of those other teams because the Southeast is just so terrible. But, it's a hundred. It's a hundred and fifty to one, Danny. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. I don't think they're. I mean, this team, like to me, if they want, if they were five hundred, I would be floored. And I, I'm not going to expect a team to win a division at 38 games, even though it's possible. What do you? I mean, don't. Okay, so here, here, here they won. 30, let's assume let's they, they won 39 last year. They're a little bit healthier. They, I mean, I think 39 could win the Southeast. Like, I think 39 could win the Southeast. I don't think they're. I think they're better than 150 to one to win that division. I mean, I. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I, so you're talking about the idea of throwing like let's say let's say like five bucks on it like not yeah, a lot of a lot but just like a, you know long long time followers on Twitter know that we made a bunch of money like we made a bunch of money on the Orlando on Orlando to win that division and uh, it was a lot but it was like we're looking at like there was a point where like we basically got we moved the hell we moved the hell out of that line because it was it was it's a, not a really great division there's not like there isn't a great team in there i mean miami could run away but then miami could get hurt right and miami gets hurt and orlando kind of does the orlando thing which they they get lost for a season then somebody could bubble up i think 100 i mean uh, 150 that like i really do think that they're not they're not I mean, well, the, I like okay. The, here, here's how I'll frame it: the margin between them and the Hawks is not as great as the division odds make it seem to be. Yes, that's the point. That's the point. I think, like, I don't think, I don't think there's any chance in hell the Cavs are winning that division, and so I wouldn't touch that 500. Like, 500 to one on the Cavs to win the Central is is blowing away money. 150 on Charlotte is like, huh, is, is, is 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 are they better than one percent to win that division? The answer is going to be yes. And I'm going to say like this is it's an int- to me to me it's an interesting kind of like I'd consider it if if I mean I might hedge out at some point but I'd definitely consider it right. Maybe I'm taking maybe I'm taking the their opponent in a in a, in a division game a little later to hedge that out. But it's an interesting kind of do I want to be holding 150? Yeah, 150 it's funny because you could, could be it can, really it can be a it can be a un, an unlikely outcome and still be a reasonable bet at 150. Like that's that's a I lot of money. The, not, not only is the, the 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 East is bad, but the Southeast is the worst con, the worst division in in the NBA. It, it's not close. 
Like I would. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't. I don't think so. Especially now with the way the West shook out. Yeah, it would be. It's the worst. It's the worst division, and it's would, also helped by the fact that two of the teams. I mean, the Wizards are going to be bad. The Hawks. You know they have some upside, but I don't expect them to be a, a like a, a definite playoff team at least. So then you're really just relying on one of two. You're so, relying on two teams to screw up, as opposed to it being can, three or four. You can count. You can you can count on Danny talking me into the over for Charlotte every year, and you can count on me loving the division odds for Charlotte every year, because the Southeast is so bad. It's like I'm going to go back, but I think every year because it's like they, as you say, like it's what you're saying. It's like because they have no no natural consistency, their pricing is like Vegas is kind of like daring you, like they're they're you're pricing it attractively so that they buy the action. So this should really be closer, like maybe this should be really where the Wizards number or the Hawks number, like maybe it should be like 25 to one. Or like third, or like fifty to one. It shouldn't be one hundred and fifty to one. It's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let's move on to the New York Knicks. The Knicks won seventeen games last year. They added a bunch of power forwards and guys who don't play defense, and Tosh Gibson, who obviously does play defense. And their line is set. If you want to go over, you can get it at twenty eight. If you want to go under, you can get it at twenty nine. And um, this is my favorite favorite over under bet on the entire board both conferences uh i you know and here's the thing there's something there there is a truth that never fails or it has never failed us right take the under on the knicks and actually wait a bit because that number is going to be driven up by like knicks betters i I, this team does not make a lot of sense to me it really does not make a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I mean, as you said, you've got a bunch of guys who are kind of redundant. Their best player is what? Like Mitch Robb? Mitch Robb is the best player, right? And, and, their uh, high, and their highest profile addition was probably, I mean, their highest profile free agent signing was Julius Randle, who in some ways conflicts with Mitchell Robinson. Right. And, and then you've got like R.J. Barrett and Dennis Smith Jr. Like, uh, how's that going to work? Well, right. And also another part, especially in the guard rotation, this is the other reason. So for, just to clarify, it's the underplay. That's, that, that's, that, that's the play here. Just to be, just to be sure. The reason why is also because they don't have a lot of lineup versatility on the guard line with stable veterans. You know, so there isn't, you know, they can't turn to like a Hull Neto or a, like in other, before he got older, a Jose Calderon type of guy to stabilize their guard rotation. It's Alfred Payton and Dennis Smith and RJ, depending on how much they're going to have him handle the ball. Like who's, co- who's, who's, who's guarding, who's covering guards on this team? Yeah, that's another good question. I mean, so and, and it looks like Frank. It looks like Frank Nokina is going to be marginalized. He's their best defensive guard, but yeah, he's but like not going to play. How do you? How do you? If you've got Dennis Smith Jr. and R.J. Barrett, how the hell do you play Frank? Like, I like Frank, but like, how the hell is he playing on this team? Well, well right, uh, and and so defensively, I think they're going to be awful. And then and you've off- got Elf, so it's like then, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, and then offensively, they I think they'll have some games just because they have all these combustible scorers. So like maybe Bobby Portis goes off for a game, or maybe Julius Randle goes off for a game, or something like that. But I don't think that they'll have a consistently good offense. And I mean, so if you can get you can get it at twenty nine right now. Twenty nine is 
you it's know, like, I, and a half. like it, that's, that's probably... a lot. Of, that's a lot of wins. Like, so 29 last year, that's how many games the Hawks won and the Hawks outperformed their point differential pretty massively. Something we'll talk about very soon. They're, and they're, and they're, they're also easily the worst team. Like the Atlantic is strong. Like it's the Atlantic is strong. The Atlantic is strong and they'll, you know, it's the Knicks. They'll pull some games where they're at home on like a, a Saturday afternoon and the other team is just incapacitated and they'll, and they'll pull some of those games, but they'll also lose some of those games because there will be game. There'll be nights when the Knicks just shoot themselves out of it because they're, they're that bad. So like, I I just, I just love this under it's, it, you know, I would be thrilled to be wrong because that would mean that the Knicks actually figured it out. But a good test of when, when I know something is a play is if the team won, if the, if my under still held, is there a scenario where the team would be happy with that? And I think the Knicks would be happy with 29 wins. And so that's a pretty yeah. good that's a pretty good sign that 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 whichever way you're talking about is a good play. By the way, uh, like on Charlotte, I didn't mention it. Like all three of us agree it's an overplay, and that means like Jacob was not it. Like his model agrees. And on this one, he likes the over on the Knicks, but I think he's also discounting like the like the dysfunction the on the Knicks means. No, but it's it's the dysfunction. It's like they they will somehow do something that will screw up this roster and make people mad and make this team underachieve. There's that's one. Two. I'm not convinced they're not going to try a tank, right? So I'm not convinced they they're they're. they're I think they're going to want their pick next year, right? So I think that they're going to be they, they. I mean, again, we're slightly higher. Again, the Knicks. You're gonna you pro, you'll probably be able to get thirty and a half at some point with the Knicks, and I don't think that they want to win thirty one games. Right, I don't think they want to win 30 games or 29. I think they want to be in that 24, 25 is fine. They want to be in the lottery, like lower lottery, but they don't. They don't want to kind of. I, I don't think one. I don't think they can, and I don't think they they want to win that many games. But we, we're, we're not touching what the, what the most important bet on the Knicks is. Can you guess what my favorite bet on the Knicks is? RJ Rookie of the Year. RJ Rookie of the Year. I think I think that that is a lovely, lovely bet. Five and a half. RJ Barrett will get as many minutes and as many touches as the Knicks can give him. He's going to be he's going to like I I really think it's his fate. He's going to win the 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 rookie of the year and he will not deserve to win the rookie of the year. Right? Well, so the the, sh- the shorthand for rookie of the year and this is I think the argument that you're making is it generally is who has the best counting stats. And yeah. he's going to he's going to have counting stats because the shots and he's a very good rebounder too. I, I think that people have have lost sight of that a little bit. He's going to have the ball in his hands so he can get assists. Like Barrett, it wouldn't surprise me if Barrett won Rookie of the Year. And so at five would, to one, that's not I five would, to one's not bad odds. I, I actually, I actually I do like that. I would love to be able to bet if he's going to make the All Star game. Oh God! Oh, I'm terrified of that. But so, so for think me, about it. Okay, okay. He's he like let's let's with the amount of touches and the amount of minutes he's going to get. He's going to get all the votes from the New York market, and like who in who in the well, East but, is but he's not going. But he's not going to start, and I don't think the coaches will put him in. So like, there's a, there's a chance, but anyway, I don't think you you, could, you can't bet on that, can you? I hope not, because people could game it a little bit. No, you can't. I, I like but, I legitimately but, love I, I, I the think, uh, the rookie of the year. Also. I think this is a clarifying thing. So I I believe that John Morant both will be this year and moving forward a better player than R.J. Barrett. However, it oh, would yeah. not it would not surprise me if the casual counting stats based argument went in favor of R.J. because he's going to have those opportunities with the Knicks and they don't they don't have as many mouth they, they he's just going to get those opportunities and especially because you know they're in the East and everything else and they they don't have as much I, talent. It's I mean, there will be nights that that Bobby Portis and Randall and all those guys take it away from him enough. But yeah, five to one, I wouldn't throw a lot on it, but it's not a terrible bet. It's not not even five, it's five and a half. 
Yeah, yeah, that's I, I would put a couple on that. It's not my favorite bet, but it's not bad. I, they're under to me is a significantly better bet than that. But yeah, I think again going through it, I agree with you. I mean, like here's the thing: like I like Ja. I think Brandon, like I think Brandon Clark is a significantly better player than R.J. Barrett. Um, and and again, I trust the people who like kind of like go through all this stuff and like watch the stuff for NCAA. But I think R.J. Barrett is in, is is the rookie in the best possible position and the best possible market for the rookie of the year. Like New York, New York, New York needs something, right? And I think this this is this is what the Knicks are going to go after, right? And again, I think I think R.J. You know, I think the issue with him, right? And again, is that he does seem like a guy who gets lost when he's not in a specifically designed, so a specifically designed offense for him. So, like if you if you make him comfortable or get him out of a set play, he kind of loses himself. So, which means like he'll beat up on like bad teams and bad defenses, uh, and like kind of will have like whether he can evolve to actually beat the good teams, we don't know yet. But I kind of think that like this is a situation where, like it's the Knicks. He's going to see a lot of shitty defenses, and he's going to see, see a lot of situations where like you know they're down twenty, and you know he's he's like oh he's going off for forty. Well, okay, yeah, but they, I mean you know <laughs> he wants a like he's going to get all these like garbage time stats, and that's actually what's going to make it uh, uh, easy for him. We don't think th- we don't like the division. Oh no 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 none of none of those with this team because there's a strong division and they're awful. So yeah. So like I think there's a distinct chance that the Knicks don't finish with the worst record in the East or anything like that, but I I mean that's just a high number. So I think that's there. I, I think we can move on to the Washington Wizards. The Wizards the, Wizard. the Wizards won thirty two last year, actually underperformed their point differential by a little bit, and they're gonna have John Wall out for it looks like this whole year pretty dang close to it. Their number is 27.5, whether you want to go over or under. So that means you can go 28 if you think they're going to go over, and 27 if you think they're going to go under. And they are a team that, and this happens a couple of times every year, where I was surprised that the odds, that the number was as low as it was, because I was expecting it to be higher and go under. Instead, it's a little too low, so I'm going over. Yeah, um, it's it, it's true. But it's close. It's, like this, it, like this is, this, this is an overfade for me. Is Vegas pricing in Bradley Beal getting traded? Yes, they absolutely are, and or or getting hurt or something else. Because I mean, this is a one man band. The rest of the Wizards team is not very good, and uh, you could you could say that without Beal, they're as almost as bad, if not as bad, as a lot of the teams around them. Like the if if you swapped out Bradley Beal for whoever you think is the best player on the Hornets, or you put Bradley Beal on the Hornets. I, I think their way their supporting cast is way better than than the Wizards, but the Wizards have Bradley Beal, and it also doesn't kind of seem like, especially with Tommy Shepard getting the job now, if if he had the authority to really strip the cupboard bare, I think he would have done it, and it didn't quite happen that way. So I think what's what's interesting with the Beal thing, and I have to be taken into account, is he's on the last. Uh, no, he's not on the last. No, he year. has got, one more year after this. He year, has so. one more year, but this is where uh, the stars basically like opt out, like because he's basically he's got all like what we've seen right now is under the current CBA. This is the spot where the guy goes, "I'm not resigning with you. Trade me." Uh, I, I, and teams inevitably have to do it, and we know that there's desire for Bradley Beal out there. Uh, we we know that they're like t- like teams that want him. Right. And so and, you know, if he says, you know, you got to trade me and I'm not resigning, then I think like Washington has to do it. And we've seen that, like, really, 
you know, it's all these, all these, all these trades have happened. I mean, I don't know exactly where he would go to, but I think that's out there. And I think I'm kind of talking myself into kind of, I think I'm talking, I'm talking myself into underfade because I think that there's a good chance that this, this team just legitimately gets blown up for parts like within a month of the, like, well, I think what it's December. I, I, I mean, I have to think where all the pieces, but at some point soon, I think they basically blow it up because I, again, I think what's going to happen is Beal's just going to go like, you know, the Beal might just go, I'm not playing anymore. Right. Trade me. Right. Which we've also seen happen recently. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole, but, um, I would, I'm leaning more, even though it's 27 and a half, I'm leaning more, actually 20, uh, let's see, no, yeah, 27 and a half. I'm leaning more under, but I think kind of really 27 is probably about right, right? You could talk me to the over, talk me to the under, but I'm kind of feeling the under a little stronger. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over, I'm over fade here, but I wouldn't touch their division odds or any of that kind of stuff. Like the margin oh, no, no. between them and the Hornets and Hashimura is not going to win rookie of the year. I don't, I don't think he's going to play enough. I don't think he's going to get the stats. So I don't think we need uh, you to. You know what? I think I'll, you know what? I'll switch. I'm going to go over, I'm going to go over fade. I mean, oh, okay. I, I, so we're, so we're in agree. So that, that would theoretically mean that you, Jacob and I are all in agreement. Yes. Yes. I think we're all in agreement on Charlotte over and we're all in agreement on the, on, on the Wiz over. Like I, Man, it's twenty seven and a half though. That number and like the it's not like the wash like the Wizards last season was was a complete and utter train wreck. Like legitimately like like things were like like trash cans were on fire on the court. It, it was that bad. So I don't I mean I don't think that the season there's no way the season's gonna be even even if Beal demands out, I don't think the season is gonna be worse than that. So I, I kind of God. Uh, uh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch back. This I I really 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 I'm gonna go under fade on on the Wiz and and I'm sorry anyway but like it's just I, because I I really do think it can get really really bad and I really really do think the Wiz could be the worst team in the league right and 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 I mean that specifically if they make a Beal trade like just just they just be like just bereft of like any kind of like if they if they don't have Bradley Beal who's their best player Troy Brown. Probably Thomas Bryant, maybe Ishmael. Oh God! It, oh, good lord! Yeah, it gets it gets bad Isaiah real quickly. Thomas? Yeah, and it, but it is also possible that they theoretically trade Bradley Beal for more immediate contributors, kind of like the the Spurs with with Demar Derozan and for Kawhi instead of younger guys, which was a mistake for San Antonio, but that's just the way they did it. I think there's a possibility there. Who's, who's the second best player on this team uh, right now? Uh, oh, is it, Davis, is it Davis Bertans? I actually really like Thomas Bertans. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably you're right. It's probably it's probably Bertans. It, it is probably. Oh, good lord! Oh, I mean, this team is this team is so bad. Like, yeah. who's who's the who, who can the who who's playing defense on this team? Oh, no one. No one's playing defense on this team. Like, you can't. They can't defend guards. They can't. They have under under fade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I've, I've looked at this roster and convinced myself. And I know there's like there's literally yeah, I, I'm, I'm queasy. I'm queasy about the about the over here. It's just that if it was thirty and a half, we'd be like, oh, oh yeah, be under so hard on this. That's what I thought. That, I like, thought it was going to be like thirty one, and I was just going to be just drilling the under. But 
you know, 27, 27 and a half is just, it's a little bit too low for me. So uh, I, it's think, a tough I also, I also think there's a good chance to just like completely tank the season and just don't even give a crap and just like, Oh, hundred percent possible. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, I don't know. Good Lord. Do yeah. we like any of the, no, we don't, no. we know. No, 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 no. Again, this makes me like, like that division bet for the Hornets because like, you know, the wizards are so bad and like, you know, no, no, screw it. Like any, like just discount the wizards. Don't even consider them. Uh, Beal MVP. No. Uh, Rui, Rookie of the Year. No, no. no right. I don't like either of those. So, yeah, so let's, okay. move, let's move on to the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks won 29 games last year, though this is a cleaning the glass one. They had the point differential of a 24-win team, so they outperformed that a lot. They they did have some nice wins late, and the over-under is set. Uh, you could get, if you want to go over, you can get it at 30. Actually, it's 33 either way. You can get it at over at 33, you can get it under at 33. And... I really like the Hawks conceptually. I do not like this number. I think that basically for me, one of the big concerns is their defense. They, you know, they did pretty well last year when they, when Trey Young and John Collins played together, because remember Collins missed the beginning of the year and the Hawks sucked then. And that really weighed them down in terms of some of the overall season long stats. But part of the reason those groups did okay was they had Dwayne Dedman, and now Dwayne Dedman is gone, and so it's Alex Len and some young guys and a lot of that kind of stuff. So I'm going under fade here, but I like the Hawks, and I would like to be wrong here. Um, did you like their draft? Not particularly. So I like Cam Reddish fine. He, he's okay, uh, but... I didn't see Hunter as significantly better than the other guys on the board and what they gave up to get him made me uncomfortable. Also, they took on the Salmon Hill money and they could have used that to do something else. So no, I wasn't a particular fan of it, though at least they got guys with kind of like fit and like that fit in with where they're going. So that part of it's a little bit better. It's not like they took Caleb Swanigan or something, but... Did did you like what they had? Not particularly. Other than the draft. So I... uh, so if they if, if if the Hawks had done nothing, so the Hawks had literally just retained done their nothing. own guy. Oh, they they just also re- got Evan Turner, who I know you love. Oh God! <laughs> if, if if they just kept, yeah, like like I was reading, like we uh, we we have a stats slack for all NBA guys, and we were talking about it, and we were like, yeah, Danny and Brad like went like, no, Evan, just like, no, no, it's fine. We don't need, we we don't need you. It's, it's fine. That's a, that's generally a sign. So um, if they'd done nothing, I would love the over for this team. Legitimately love like like twenty nine. The young team, Collins and Trey Young. You, Trey got better as the year went on. John Collins is a really good is a good player, and I would say, oh great, over, knock the over out. But then I look at the moves that they did, and man, those moves were bad. Just the, those moves were just like not. I don't I don't like that. I did not like the draft. I really don't like the players they added. Um, I'm going under on this team. I'm 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 under and I'm I'm fairly happy about it. And are you play, and, are you playing it or are you fading it? Um, that is a question. That that's uh, what I struggled with because I like the under here, but out of respect to what they could be, I faded it instead of playing it. it was that was one of my closest calls go, when I added gonna, a couple. I'm gonna go play and, okay. and I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the exact reason why I'm doing it. It's because any time that like all three, like you and me and uh, and Jacob's model agree, it's a winner. So all three of us like the under, right? And even though you're fading it, I'm going to play because I, I strongly like the track record of all, of, of us all three agreeing is strong. And it's also it's also thirty. I'm I'm also getting an extra win, so I'm going under on thirty three and a half. If it was thirty two and a half, I would touch it. But like it's 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 three wins. Uh, and I actually think it's 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 okay. I mean that division is crappy, so give me a little bit of a sweat. But I I, I feel I feel strongly enough that their draft was shit 
that and and I, and I I'm, I'm okay with Cam Reddish, but I mean I, I didn't like what they gave up. I didn't like what they, they what they signed. Uh, it kind of tells me that this team doesn't really have a good well, clue about evaluating talent. The, the so, other big yeah. problem for me that that's the huge sign in it is that they they don't have a backup point guard, and I don't mean like they can give the ball to to Evan Turner and maybe even Cam Reddish for a little periods of time. But what happens if Trey Young gets hurt or he gets in foul trouble? They have no one else on this roster. Insanity. And, and so if he misses ten games. They're going to lose most, if not all, of those ten games, and then that's that's enough to probably swing this. So, God, I'm getting closer to I'm getting closer to underplay. I'm getting closer. <laughs> if I if we if we're here for another minute, let's talk about. So they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody for rookie of the year, and they don't really have anybody for MVP. Well, because I mean, the under hunter is getting twenty five to one, but I don't like the under hunter, so I don't even want he's, to touch he's that. Not a, um, but but he's not a counting stats guy. Like he's huh, he's not wow, a he's what? not a volume scorer. He can Did get. Did you see this? Javari Parker has five hundred to one odds to win. In, in what world is Javari Parker winning the MVP? What the hell? Yeah. What the hell, people? Uh, it's like see, I, the thing is, I like I like the Hawks so much that I would feel badly to to play this and then be wrong. But uh, I don't think I don't think I don't think you'd be wrong. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, well, so uh, so last year, this is another thing. So last year, when Trey Young and John Collins played together, they had a one thirteen offensive rating when those two guys were on the floor. That's pretty good. Like you know, their defense is what was the defensive rating now? Oh, one one fourteen six. So yeah, they were still underwater, but you know, I'm gonna fade it. I I, I think there's enough of a chance, and I have I, I I this was basically like this was the kind of the thirteenth on my board. I ended up doing twelve, so it was it was a really close call in terms of fade versus play. I'm going to go fade, and I'm probably going to feel dumb about it in, like, January, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be that Jacob's about three three. Jacob's three wins uh, below water on this one, and as I said, if it was 32.5, I would probably, like, Ugh. but 33.5, eh, I feel good about it. They don't own their pick uh, either. I'll be sorry, they own their pick, so, like, yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to uh, underperform their point differential again. Uh, I think again. I think it's one of the things that they were really they're competitive at the end of the season once they knew they're locked into like the top five picks, and I think something like that will happen again this year. So I don't feel I feel okay about it. And as I said, I I haven't liked the picks that they've made in the top they brought in. So it kind of tells me that like I, I doubt they're going to get better during the season. So yeah. Um, do we ten to one for to win the division is ridiculous, no. right? No, no, it's, no, no, that's no. insane. That's no, no. no. Like and the all the other ones, yeah, the, all the other ones are, are are too strong as well. Yeah, you could you could talk me into the Hawks division odds if they were fifty to one, but like not. Yeah, like, exactly. Not like them being ten to one and the Hornets being one hundred and fifty to one is insane. Completely insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, do we think? Like, I think so. I would say that the Hawks have. So I think John Collins is better than any player on the Hawks or Hornets. Correct. What do you mean? Do you, are you including Trey? Young? He, that, I, he, I think Trey Young's the best player in the Hawks. Uh, he but his, defense, his, de, his defense is awful. But I, I think overall, I, I mean, uh, okay, sure. I mean, I think they they have the. So I'm going to say that they probably have like the Hawks overall have the have two better players than any players on the Hornets probably. Although I like Batum, but like I think it's not he's not a young player coming up. But I think the for, I'm just comparing the. But the Hornets have a lot the, of the other guys. The Hornets have a lot. Like Hornets have like competent defenders and like they have some shooters and like their roster kind of is interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think we we you stayed on the fade. Uh, we're moving to the Bulls now, right? Yeah, and this is one of my. I think this is one we of should, the worst. By the way, and and we haven't done this, but we should. So. Cavaliers was low was twenty three and a half, high was twenty four and a half. Hornets was twenty three and a half, twenty three and a half. Knicks was twenty seven and a half and twenty nine and a half. Wizards was twenty seven and a half, twenty seven and a half. Hawks is thirty two and a half, thirty three and a half. 
and bulls are 30 and 32 and a half. And again, I looked at multiple books, Odds Checker, DraftKings, FanDuel, like, uh, giving all these guys plugs. But I looked at a lot of books to find these prices, so shop around, people. Plenty more with Arturo Galetti, but first a message from betonline.ag. As the month of August continues on, the action around the sports world continues to heat up. MLB and the NFL preseason are already underway, and there's only one place that has you covered, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the podcast one promo code for your 50% welcome bonus. Getting closer to the pennant push in baseball, lots of teams doing well, including the Dodgers, which puts a little pit in my heart as a Giants fan. And also with the NFL preseason going on, week two started on Thursday and continues throughout the weekend, then the rest of the preseason, and we're getting close to the regular season. So you don't need to sit on the sidelines anymore. You get in on the action. If you do, don't forget to use that promo code PODCAST1. Or you can text bet now B-E-T-N-O-W, to 238-669. Either way, you receive that 50% welcome bonus, and you tell them that you came from us, which is great. So get in on all the action at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So the Bulls are really interesting. I, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on the Bulls. So Chicago is a major market, and I i mean, they're for whatever reason, by because of Chicago, they've, they, I, I remember back when I was in the ticket business, they were they always had a lot of season tickets sold and all that. So you, you assume that they're going to be a team that's overpriced, like the Knicks are and the Lakers often are. This is way too low. Like them, so if I can get the Bulls at thirty-one, I I run. This is one of my best bets on the board because I think I think we're I think you and I are going to be overplay on this. And, over, and, and, oh, I'm, abso- I'm absolutely overplay. This is one of my. This is one of my. I, I, Nate and I do a top five. This will be if it's still close to this number. This will be one of my top five, just like the Knicks that- under. Because the stat, geek, the stat geek Slack was exchanging bet slips with the Bulls over. Just yeah, like, to, it's, like it's just it's just too low, it's just too low a number. I mean, the, east, the bottom they, of the they East is about, terrible. They were talking about this number. This number has been bet up, right? Just like thirty and a half is a number that's been bet up, right? They, this team won uh, twenty two games last year, but if you really look at that team, they won. They added Otto Porter late. Otto Porter is is like was significantly better than anybody they had on the team. They were really hurt. Uh, this team got healthier. When they were healthy, they were actually really good defensively. And, and and you throw in Porter, you start adding those pieces. They added Thad Young. I mean, this team is significant. I would say significantly better than they were last year, right? A hundred percent. And they should be healthier because like last year was just totally sidetracked due to injuries. Zach Levine, not that I love him, but he missed a bunch of time. They didn't have a replacement for him. Markinen missed time. Wendell Carter missed a ton of the season. And so those guys should be getting better and they have more options now. So if some of those injuries happen, they have other guys. I, you know, one of my concerns here in terms of hammering this over is it looks like they're turning the keys over to a one and done rookie point guard. And generally those guys don't do very well. But I think they have enough defense here and they have enough offensive talent that Cody White isn't going to be asked to be their solution. He's not going to have to fix everything. And that's really important. And so I, I, they, they've got they've got Sadoransky and I like I like Right, Sadoransky. they have Sado, they still have they still technically have Chris Dunn on this team. We don't know exactly how much he's gonna play. And Levine can handle the ball. Like they just have this is a, why, a surprisingly why are, why are our key the all the uh guy. isn't bad. Like yeah. they, like the, the dudes they have are dudes that are like good and they I mean like as I said, Sadoransky was good. Mm-hmm. Young was 
good. I Boy, mean, like, Sadoransky would Sadoransky would be the second best player on the Wizards if he were still on the Wizards. Yeah, yeah. So would Porter. Porter, Porter would arguably be close to being first, uh, right? So he, he would eventually be first if they trade Beal. But no, I think Beal's right. meaningfully and then, better. And then Thad Young, and 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 again, the, you know, the top three on this team is 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 good. And then you, they might have some stuff on the rookies. We kind of like yeah. those guys. There, there is a little be. bit of a concern for me that some of their best players they don't play the same position, but they play similar positions. Like you probably don't want Otto, Thaddeus Young, and Larry Markkinen all on the floor together. But I'm pretty much okay with that because you can play two of those three most of the time, if not all the time. And that, and there are teams where you can basically run you can run you can run Thad at the five and Porter at the four for against certain teams. Yeah, you right? you can you can do that at certain spots. And also, like to me, one of the huge differentiators that happens in a in a season with this sort of a team is are they meaningfully better than the worst teams? And I think the Bulls I think the Bulls are. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. when they play when they play Cleveland in Chicago, oh, yeah, when they play Cleveland in Cleveland, are they the favorites? And to me, the answer is yes. And so if they win those games, or at least they're favored to win most of those games, then and they're, let's say, five or six wor- definitely worse teams <laughs> oh, than them. Oh. Pro DFS tip. If, if, if Chicago's playing Cleveland... I'm looking. To, I'm trying to figure out which Chicago point, which Chicago, which Chicago guard am I owning that night, right? Well, and, I mean, all, Zach Levine's going to put up numbers that night. I, I, yeah, I'm definitely like, oh, and if Levine's out, I'm like, oh, I need all Satoransky. I can find, like, so yeah, I mean, like, definitely. And I, I think this is, you know, I think this is a marginal. This is a significantly better team than they were last year. Isn't it? They won 22. The it's 30 and a half, and I think they comfortably win more than 30 and a half games. Yeah, I, I think they're going to. I don't think they're going to slot somewhere between for me between 33 and 40 probably on the lower end of that but on the lower end of that they're still clearing it by two three games that's fine what do you think of, what do you think about their uh their division odds 151 no. i mean because for me the best case scenario for the bulls is somewhere in the is somewhere in the low to mid 40s and to me the bucks aren't winning that few games okay let me let me and this is gonna and, and i'm sorry bucks fans but let's say giannis gets hurt who wins the central them or, the pac- them or the Pacers. Yeah, I, okay. I think the Pacers, okay. and and the, and we'll get to the Pacers. I have some misgivings with we'll, them. We will, we will get to we will get but to the Pacers. I, I just but so Chicago to me, they're actually very similar to where Charlotte has been a couple of years, where it's like. I, I I feel like I have a pretty good idea of the band that they're going to end up in, and that's just not really likely to win a division. So I wouldn't yeah. touch it, but I could understand why you might. If they were in a different division, if they were in the if they if you oh, were, if they were in the southeast, oh man, I would yeah, we'd be, but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be one hundred fifty to one to win the southeast, and, or they no. wouldn't be they wouldn't be they wouldn't be for long because people would grab that number like God, they would grab that number. Okay, so now we go to the Pistons, who are... Yeah, let's so see. this is interesting. So the Pistons, the Pistons went, were 36, they, they, 36 and a half uh, is the low, 37 and a half is the high. Yeah, so Pistons. and they won 41 last year, and I think there's a pretty easy calibrator here, which is the Pistons were an over 500 team last year when Blake Griffin played. I think they were like three over, four they're, over. They're, they're, they were better, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were over, they were 500. Blake Griffin played a lot of games last year, so that's, in many ways, that's the bet you're making. Is And they were, overall, the, the Pistons were, I looked at this this morning, they were healthier than I had remembered. Like, Reggie Jackson played a lot last year. He wasn't very good, but he played a lot last year. So effectively for me, this is a bet of how often will Blake Griffin play? And that led me to the under fade because I'm a little bit skeptical about it. And 
it, you know, this is a close call. Like this is this is to me one of the tougher ones over versus under on the board because I like a lot of what the Pistons are doing. They, and especially there were stretches during the season after the year turned over where they were actually playing really, really well. But it would take so little to derail them that those are teams that just there are warning lights in my head to say, hey, just just take it a little bit easy here. Um <laughs> So I I don't like any of the players that they lost. Right, so they, they 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 basically addition by subtraction. I think the players that left were players that they're better off not having. I don't, you know, I, I don't love everybody they had. Although like Steve didn't really play that much, but they, they, you know Beasley. Well, I mean, Derek uh, Rose is going to help. I mean, but it's Derek Rose. In, it's not just Derek Rose out of the rotation. It's Rose for Ish Smith. Then they added just kind of some weird big and and Snell is going to be a part of the rotation. How much they play Seku is going to be very interesting, but. Yeah, I think I think, I think they're I think, I think the, they're better, and I think they're I better. Think and it's cra- it's crazy to go under on a team that won forty one games, and I think they got better. It's just I'm worried about the health stuff. It's a fa- I, it's a know, fade no matter what for me, but I'm going under. I, I think it's it's a Blake Griffin bet, right? And and I'm actually like pulling him up. Um, and Blake has never has uh, has played twenty three twenty three hundred minutes. One, two, three, four, five. At least at least the past five seasons, he played. Oh, no, no, actually, I've got that backwards. No, he's played 26 and 1,900, 1,900, 2,000. God, he really hasn't cleared. He's only cleared 2,300 minutes once in the past three, four, five. Wow. In the past five seasons, he's only cleared. No, the past, yeah, five, five seasons, he only cleared 2,300 once. That was last season. So, wow, I was actually going to go the other way. I was actually going to go, oh, no, I think he's but, like actually looking and going like, oh, God. Um, so he's gotten hurt pretty much every season for the past five seasons. Well, yeah, we've and, he, and at, he's like, 30 now. He turns 31 in March. We got him at 2,400. Um, God, and I, I really hate this because I actually do think they got better on the margins, but I really like that Blake contract is so bad. Um, I'm going to go under fade. I'm going to hate it. Yeah, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate it too because I like the Pistons more than this. I think they're a better team, but the Blake Griffin thing. Here's one for you. Uh, you know what? You, you know what? I'm going to go. It's thirty six and a half. I'm going to go over. It's fade. so low. It is. Yeah, I, I've been. I'm going to go over fade, and I think, and I think you're going to go under fade. Yeah. And that way, like, not not all like, and Dan, and like Jacob's model is going under fade. If I'd gone under, like, basically, I mean, it's like, and I, that's no, 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 no. Okay, no. I, because, I have one because, for I have one for you, Arturo. You have the high, the max payout for Blake Griffin for MVP. Oh, two hundred twenty-five. Yes. Two hundred twenty-five. I don't think that's a terrible bet. I don't think it's a like I, I'm talking like a few dollars, like a well, I don't know what a min bet on MVP is. But can, can you can you can you can you get can you guess what you said last year? No. You said Blake at 250 to one for MVP if you can put a dollar on it. Yep, that's basically where the, I am I've again. Got, I've, got the, I've got the notes from last year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I think uh, Blake, at, like, if anybody's going to win it from the field, like, so here's, like, what you're betting on, right, is, is you're saying, look, Blake goes out and Blake is healthy the entire season, right? And if Blake is healthy the entire season in the East, he plays, like, he, you know, he could put up, you know, you're betting at 250 to one for him, uh, was it two, no, it's 225. For him to win, and I think that's actually two twenty-five. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I think that's, I could see that. Uh, I think I like it a little bit. And I mean, I'd rather bet Blake at two twenty-five than I would the over for the Pistons. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I think that's a a reasonable proposition to have. Uh, the, The next one's a challenge for me too, and that's the Miami Heat. 
the Heat won 39 games last year. They made some significant changes, obviously adding Jimmy Butler, the most notable among them. And Vegas adjusted that by giving by making their odds. So it's 42 and a half, which means if you want, think they're going over, it's 43 wins. If you think you're going under, then they need to get 42 or fewer. I think this is a good number. This is like th- this is the kind of one that I dread in the sense that it's it's you, right in the wheelhouse. It's right in the wheelhouse. So because of the possibility of injuries, this is a pretty it's a pretty shallow team in terms of ball handlers. It's not shallow in terms of talent because they have guys like Winslow and James Johnson and and Bam and they have lots of guys that can play, but they do not have a ton of those like real the the the, the guys that can generate like be the identity offensively of a team. And so that leads me to to go under fade here. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if they went over, especially because of the defensive talent. But I, I'm not I'm not I'm not fully on board because like I, I was going to talk about this in the intro, but it's like there are so many more ways that a team can go under than that they go over. You know, if it's a well set line. Yeah. So basically, one I'm going to argue for a couple things. One um, continuity. Um, this is uh, oh they added Jimmy Butler, but really, if you really think about it. Culture-wise, this team, you know, Miami's like one of the lower turnover teams in the league uh, this season. Uh, I've got them, I believe, at four, and really five, if you, I mean, if you count Wade. So really what happened, like, is, so they lost Magruder and uh, Josh Richardson and Hazan Whiteside and um, Wade, right? Those are the guys that are out. And they added uh, Butler, uh, Myers Leonard, and Tyler Hero, and no, I actually quite like Hero too. So I actually kind of think that they did some decent work. I mean, I think that they have continuity kind of in the staff, continuity kind of in the roster. A lot of guys are coming back, and then you're adding Butler. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards this is also a like a Spo team, like like they generally do well. So I'm kind of leaning towards the over here, right? I think it's, you know, again, the, the Southeast is so crappy. I mean, so, I mean, even though that is a high, high number for that for that particular team. So it's it, it's giving me a little bit, like if it was 40 and a half, I'd be slamming this. 42 is, God, man, why did they put this number so high? Um, well, I'm guessing there's it, enthusiasm. They added a star. I'm guessing that's why it's as high as it is. So, at, like, looking at the, like, the post, the post LeBron, uh, he are 37, 48, 41, 44, and 39, right? And is this a better team than they were last year, right? This is this is a Jimmy Butler bet, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely. It's a, To me, it's a Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic bet, and Dragic missed a ton of time last year. So that, that part of it I think you can feel better about. But, I mean, I love Josh Richardson. I think the margin between Josh and Jimmy is smaller than most people think, And but that does it, it's a challenge. Uh, these lines are good, man. Hmm. Well, I'll give you some time to think about it. That uh, is there anything else? I know you said you like Tyler Hero, but do you like him for Rookie of the Year? Uh no, I don't think he's gonna get. It, it's Miami. They're not. Nobody gets enough playing time in Miami like be Rookie of the Year. I think that like so. You said under fade, correct? Yes, I absolutely did. Uh, and so, and Jimmy's MVP odds are it, the payout is two hundred to one. It's hard for me to see him to win winning the whole thing. Now, if you could make like an All NBA bet, that would be something different. But I, MVP is MVP is challenging. <sighs> Do I think they're three wins better? I think they're three wins better. So I'm going to go over fade. Under fade, over fade. 
Yeah, this gives me this gives me a little bit of pain because I, I like the Pistons. There are a lot of reasons why I, I believe in them and think that they could do well. And also they benefit from being in the East and this mix that they're both kind of in being p- the playoff mix as opposed to being out of the playoffs, you know, like winning 42, 43 games like they're going to be pushing at the end if that's where they are, because that's going to be about seeding and about making the playoffs and all that as opposed to in the West. But but I think the other part of it is like it's 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 to me, and I think the part that's gonna like comfort me with this overpick is that Miami, as I said, they're they're good continuity, professional team. They have the they have the best player in the division, right? In Jimmy. Yeah, I would say they do. And and the rest of that division, I mean, other than the Magic, we'll talk about the Magic next. But other than the Magic, I mean, I think that you know. Uh, I think that they're, you know, they're good and they're going to beat up on the rest of that division, which is weak in the bottom. I think it's the same. It's the same argument we're going with the Bulls. I think the the Heat will beat a lot of really bad teams, uh, just on like Spo Smart, and you know they've got. I mean, the guys. I mean, Bam's good, and Goran's good, and, the, and a lot of those guys are. I mean, I like Justice Winslow. I mean, it's 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 which is surprising, but yeah, there it is, you know. And I think that yeah, I think going over on is fine. I'm fading it. But I'm going over. Um, we don't like their div- well. I mean, the division odds are basically they're even too money. strong. Even money, yeah, they're even, too strong. It, it's just a little. It's a little too strong. And conference and title bets. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Yeah, so we can so we can jump to we- the other Florida team, the Orlando Magic. The Magic won 42 last year, and interestingly, considering basically the story of their summer was retention and being a fairly young team, not necessarily as young as some people think, because Vooch and Fournier and some of those guys and DJ Augustine obviously are older. Vegas is a little bit a little bit sour on the magic. They're there you can, if you want to go over, you can get it at forty one. And if you want to go under, you can also get it at forty one. So basically that's that that's the win total. It's forty one and a half and forty and a half. Can you get, can you guess what I'm going to say? This is like this is my strongest I think this might be the strongest over I've had so far. I, I really I really wow. think so this I, is, I like I like, like this 40 over. And a half, I, this, 40 and a half is silly. I'm going over and I'm playing it. So I, I think part of your your logic here is going to be how well they played the second half of the year, right? Like, I mean, they were yeah, much they better were, than this. They were much better. They actually, like, again, they they got outplayed by by Toronto, but there's no shame in that. Everybody got outplayed by Toronto, but they were they were competitive. They they basically forced Toronto to kind of step up their game in that series. Toronto had to like play hard to beat them. Um, this is, I mean, this is a good team. I love a lot of the players on this team. Uh, you know, Vuk, I love Jonathan Isaacs. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing for me. Like, I like what, I like the guys that brought in, um, you know, I think. Well, here, here, here's a, here's a big one for you. Okay. And I, I don't use this. I didn't have to do this with knowledge of how their season went from this point. I just general idea after January 1st, Toronto, this is using clean the glasses filter. Toronto had a plus 4.8 point differential and the third best defense in the league. That's Orlando, you mean? Orlando, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew that. We were yeah. we were on the Orlando division odds at eight yeah, to one. Exactly. We made a bunch of money on that. They they I I had them. I actually had them uh, against Toronto in round one. Now, granted, that didn't go the way I planned, but it, just the the market they were underpriced relatively. Like, and again, if you watch that series, they they won that first game. They were in the second game until like Kawhi went like, no, screw this, and like kind of like, but like Toronto had to kind of exert themselves against Orlando. And I, I, there's no reason for me. This team is better than it was last year. I mean, what, they lost. I mean, they really haven't lost any pieces. And they, they're a year older, which they're a very young team. 
and I think that you know continuity kind of is a good thing. I I think it's an, an easy over. I mean, here's the thing: they won forty two. Like I watched it, they won forty two, and they blew like they really blew like four or five games that they should have won, right? So I think they kind of slightly underperformed. I think. Forty and a half is is, is a joke. Well, so, and I actually well, like. Here, I, I'll, I'll say I, one thing though. What gives me pause? There are a couple things that give me pause about this, uh, and, and I'm going over play. So keep in mind, this is just me putting putting those ideas out there. So one mm-hmm. is a lot of their important players had career years last year. Maybe that's just that they're better. You know, like Vooch had a career year. DJ Augustine had a really good year. And, you know, maybe some of those guys, maybe if they regress a little bit, that changes the identity. The other part is they're shallow at point guard, and that's an easy way. The easiest way that this gets sidetracked is DJ Augustine gets hurt, and then they have no one. You know, like last year, they got sidetracked when Isaiah Briscoe got hurt because they didn't have a backup point guard. And Markel Fultz, I wish he were the answer. Hopefully he is, probably not. And... So that makes me a little bit a little bit queasy about playing it, but at the same point, their their defense is so good, yeah. and they're going to crush the bad teams. A lot of them, I think they're fine. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, if Fultz is really interesting because, like, you know, I'm not going to get into like the whole conspiracy. Like, they got called the crazy person by saying, "Oh, he hurt his shoulder," but like he did, and they kind of figured it out. And I think at some point, I haven't given up hope on Fultz. And I think it could be kind of interesting if he kind of comes and gives them anything. I think even I, I kind of agree with that. But I, here's the thing: I kind of think that they're I, I I I liked what I saw from this team, and I continue to like what I saw from this team. And I think they've got like some really good young players. And I think again, forty and a half in a week East. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm overplaying it, and it's easy. Now the interesting question with them is: Do we like their division odds one and a half, or is that too low? I vaguely like it because I think Miami has a, you know, they have a, a not a low, like, super ceiling, but, like, let's say 80% outcome, you know, so, like, a reasonable best case. I think they're more they're more in that, like, 45-win range. So I don't think Miami's going to, like, set that number 50. Yeah, if, if, if that down. number, if that, if, that, if that magic number was a 3-to-1, love it. Sure. But 1.5-to-1 but, well, is... But, but the, the basic point is, if you like the magic this year... Just bet they're over. Like that one and a half it's, isn't it isn't strong enough because you don't need, you don't need to get crazy. Just bet they're over. Yeah, just bet they're do you, over. What do you what do you think about Book at uh, five hundred to one to win the MVP? No, no, no. no. Okay, I agree. Okay, now we get now into we get, something interesting. So now we really the, do the, get into something. The, interesting. the Brooklyn Nets won forty two. They added Kevin Wayne Durant and Kyrie Irving and mm-hmm. a bunch of other veterans, including DeAndre and, and other guys. They and they say one forty two. Their over under is set at forty six and a half. And this underplay is one of the better ones on the board for me. Really? Walk me through that. I think Kevin Durant misses most, if not all, of the year. You know, I and and this is a circumstance when you when you're coming back from coming back from an Achilles, where even if he returns, he's not going to be himself. And they have some guys like I think the way that you think about the over here would be that players like Garrett Temple and Wilson Chandler will have better years and can fill the KD gap, but. And and Kenny Atkinson's a wonderful coach, and you have all that. But I just I just don't think I I, I think it's going to take a little while to figure out the ecosystem, and so they'll lose some games then. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say it's one of my better bets. I'm playing it, but it's not one of my favorite plays. It's not one of my top five. So I just I I think forty seven like forty seven wins is a lot. I, I I just I think that's a little too much for them. Uh, are you on the under here? Yeah, I'm absolutely on the under. Under fade or under play? I'm under play. I think we're both on their play on this. And, okay, uh, 
So, uh, <clears throat> Kyrie played better when he got to Boston, right? And I think um, Brad has a good track record of getting guards to one play defense and kind of engage. Uh, and I think, like, we've already seen kind of what happens when they go other places. Um, so I kind of think that there's going to be some drop-off, particularly on defense for Kyrie. Um, and, I mean, I like DeAndre, but, again, it's a kind of a weird spot. And I think that, as you said, like, 46 is a high number. Um, particularly since we, I don't think, like, Durant isn't playing. Um, I was actually, like, and, and I've got a twist on this. I actually like their under. But I'm really interested in their conference bet. Like I'm, 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 I'm really interested in their conference. So bet. that's it's at twelve to one, right? Twelve to one. So basically, the um, idea there is that if KD comes back, yes, yes, I'm, I'm, it's like KD comes back late and KD's ready for the playoffs. And if you add KD, that let's say they're like what forty-four win team, right? Like forty, let's say they win 43, 44, That's good enough for like a fourth seed probably in the East, maybe five, fifth seed. And then KD comes back, and all of a sudden, are they? I mean, with both those guys and a shorter rotation, they're getting close to the top. And twelve to one is interesting. I mean, I wish it was like something like fifteen or twenty to one. Well, but... okay, that that's something I would say here is I I think that the the theory behind it is good, and this we've talked about this in previous years, and I think this is a good example of it. I think these odds are going to get they're going to get stronger. Like you know, it'll get. I think it'll get maybe get to fifteen to sixteen. Let's say they have a little bit of a slow start. Maybe you try to pick a spot later in later in the season where that number gets to where you want it. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna write it exactly like like um, the Nets odds, particularly if the Nets like if it gets let's say if it, if it gets odds. to if the conference odds get to like sixteen to eight sixteen or eighteen or twenty, and it's not for a reason that you think is long term troubling. I would seriously think about it there. Twelve to one is a little bit strong for me, but if it could get if it could get to there, I, I think I'd consider it. Now, what about the division odds? Well, so five five and a half. I I, I don't think they're going to be a great regular season team. They're going to have to figure all this stuff out. And there are three teams that potentially could be above them. And so all you need is, and some of those teams have real upside. So even if Brooklyn wins forty nine games. I, you know, that could win them division, but I'm not as confident. There's, there's too much blocking in front of them. And I, right. I think I agree with that. Yeah. I like, again, I think the, 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 the conference bet is more interesting because of the possibility of Kevin Durant coming back, right? So if they, like, they go on a losing streak early and those odds get, like, you know, if they go on a losing streak early, I think might get to like 25 to 30 to one, right? And uh, it's an interesting kind of, okay, so I'm, I'm kind of like, Taking a hedge bet on him coming back late and the East being crappy enough that you can basically walk through them in the playoffs, right? So, I, I, again, I, I agree. I agree with not liking the division odds because there's too much blocking in front of them. And Kyrie at fifty to one for MVP is a no for me. So I think that we're good with the Nets. Yeah. Moving on to the Indiana Pacers. This is another. Won, this is another interesting one. So they Pacers, won forty eight games last year, and they're the the under is forty six and a half, and the over is forty seven and a half. Well, really yeah, yeah. So so basically, it's if you want to get over or under, it's about winning forty seven games more or fewer, depending on how you want to see it. And for me, this bet depends entirely on one thing, and that is Victor Oladipo's health. And I think it's going to take him a while to come back. While I, there are parts of their roster that I like without him, just you know, like having Jeremy Lamb, having Malcolm Brogdon. But 
they're not going to be as great of a team. You know, I think closer to what we saw at the end of the year when t- capable squads can dispatch them. Their defense and, and their defense is going to miss that young. I think they're going to miss him more than some than some expect. And so that's one part of this. The second part of it, which is the reason that this is an underplay for me and not an underfade, is that I think they're going to load manage Victor Oladipo very aggressively once he returns because if it's that kind of year where they're not really battling for the first couple of seeds, why push him that hard? Get Maybe you give it a go in the playoffs and maybe they win a playoff series. Like That's entirely possible for me. Maybe they're in that 4-5 or even in a 3-6 as the 6 and they end up beating the 3. Also entirely possible. But so I think that while uh, while I expect them to make the playoffs and while they could go over, like this is a, an underplay that I don't love, but I think is still a worthwhile gamble. It's I, I don't think Oladipo is going to play enough. And even though they won forty eight last year, you know if I can get, I, so basically if they win forty seven, I still win my bet. I'm good. Uh, they're forty six and a half. They won forty eight the last two years, right? Um, same coach. Uh, they're getting, they lost that. They're probably getting Victor back. Um, but you're saying they're going to load manage him. Uh, so I'm, I'm basically, I have a hard time thinking. I don't think this, I don't think this team is, well, and they, wow, somebody retired. Who retired? Um, Collison, right? Yeah, Collison retired, and they, you know, they changed around the the backcourt by because basically all their guards were on expiring contracts, other than Victor. So they added Brogdon. They're probably going to give Holiday more of a role. They added Jeremy Lamb, who I like. They added T.J. Warren. So they, but they also lost Bojan Bogdanovic, and they lost Thad Young, who were two of their better players. Bojan had an had a really really good year yeah, overall. But I last really, year. I really like Brogdon. Brogdon, I really like. I'm. I'm gonna go over on this team because I like I really like the parts that they added, and I think this team is better than it was last year. I think it's well coached. I think that 48 is probably around their wheelhouse, and I think I'm gonna be sweating this one the entire season. I think that like I over I might overplay on this. I think I'm God. I'm being really aggressive. I you're under you're under fade or underplay. I'm underplay. I'm under. I'm over. You're under 47 and a half. They might win 47, right? Yeah, um, they might. <laughs> I'm I'm over I think I'm, I'm overplaying. I'm overplaying. Because I mean, wow, again, that, that's I, that's a genuine rarity for us that we both play on opposite sides. But I understand well, it with this one. I, I mean, I'm looking at it and going like, do I like what they added? Yes. I mean, if Brockton's like, here's the thing: if Brockton's healthy, right? Brockton's healthy. Brockton wasn't. But Brockton's a really good player. They added Brockton, which I think is an upgrade. I mean, they lost Thad, but they're also adding Victor, right? So it's kind of. Uh, I'm almost talking. I'm, I'm almost talking myself into a fade on this because it's so close. I wish it was like if I was 45 and a half, I wouldn't be thinking about it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with overplay. Screw it. What the hell? I, I, I think it's. I think it's the correct call because I'm getting. I think I'm. I'm, I'm legit. I legitimately think I'm getting. A, I'm, I'm getting a one and a half for free, right? I think 48 is the number for them, and I'm getting that for free. So I, I'm gonna stick with it. God, do we like their division odds? Seven to one. See. I, 
sort of like Miami, especially with Oladipo missing missing time at the beginning of the year, I don't think they're going to have a really high win total. They could go over. I, I acknowledge that possibility. But I don't think they're going to get past. Uh, though the the argument would probably be that, you know, the Pistons and Bulls, we both think they're, they could exceed expectations, but they're not going to push this. Eh, it's not a terrible number, but I don't think I'd put any on it. Oh, God. No, their, their title odds are hilarious, but I don't think 250, 250 to 1 is – it's just not worth playing because oh. – the theory of it is just it's just too strong. Like you know, like yeah, like, I like. As I said, I like a I like a, I like I like a lot of the I like all the players they added. Like I think I think here's the thing. I think they did a really good job at like adding players, right? And I think it's a well coached team. It's a well run organization. We know this. Uh, and I mean, I think they're you know as the season gets long, there's enough crappy teams for them to like win enough games to do that. But once the once it gets to like this, like they're not be they're not beating they're not beating Philly, Boston, or Milwaukee in the series. I doubt it, right? I well, or, or, maybe whoever, or whoever makes it out of the West, like that's if you're talking title odds, that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's it's like they're gonna have to win three hard series. I think they could win one. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if Indiana wins their first round series, but to win four series, bah, that's a lot. Yeah, I, I think again, if, if, if I think this line is about the right place, I could totally see him winning forty seven. But I I think I'm getting a free because again, I, and it's coming down it's coming down to me that I, I like Brogdon, right? I like Brogdon. I think that like that's an upgrade over Collison, and once all the depots back, it's fine. I, I don't like the last plan, but I think I think again, I think they have a lot of good players all around, and they have shown Indiana has shown this great skill, which is underrated. The guys they bring in to fill out the roster are generally good, right? So that, that that's why generally these teams that do that are generally competitive, regardless. So they I mean, I, I I don't expect to be that far from this at worst. I mean, at worst, I think they win forty five. So. You know, it's a, it's it's. I think it's a solid bet. I mean, that's why I'm going over play. So, and it's weird to disagree like that, but I, I understand it. Uh, let's move on to Toronto, though. Uh, the Raps, their previous stuff. I mean, they won the championship, so obviously banners fly forever. That's all important for that, but it's not context for their this year. I was stunned at this line, mostly because it's such a good line. I, you know, the Raptors are a really hard team to figure out because they're bringing a lot of key pieces back. Kyle Lowry, those coming off surgery, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, but they lost two of their best players, Kawhi, the Finals MVP, and Danny Green. So I expected my thought is the Raptors are going to be uh, like a forty-five to forty-seven win team, and of course they set the line at forty-six and a half. So then that made it hard. It made, well, it made it hard in terms of over/under. It did not make it hard in terms of fade. This is one of the clearest fades to me on the board. Um, this is interesting. So by my numbers, they lost their two best players or like, well, they lost their best player, obviously in Kawhi and they lost, uh, I mean, Danny wasn't, Danny was close. I mean, Danny's got an impact in terms defensively. Um, would you consider this team better than say the 2017 Raptors, 2016, 17 Raptors? Uh, I, I think that they have a higher ceiling, but I also think they have a lower floor. So yeah, expected, think, expected value probably pretty similar. It basically it's a question of do you think Nick Nurse and Masai can do a better job can do a better job filling out let's call it the five through eight slots in this rotation. So the last starter and then those spots than some of those Raptors teams did. I mean I think so. I think I think Masai's been a very good GM. And they also, like, what they have open, it's tough because they need a small forward most. I mean, I hope OG can do it and all that. It's a tough call. So, like, I, I'm under fade here, but not because – I think this is a very good line. But going back to something I talked about probably about a half an hour ago, 
where I said there are more reasons for a team to go under than over. That's kind of my feel here, is that if Kyle Lowry misses time, if they're a little bit below this and Masai decides to Marcus, be a seller. Mark is old. Yeah. Mark is old. Uh, Serge is Serge. getting older. Uh, you're gonna get me into trouble with his no age that's i'm not uh, that, that's why i said he's just getting older i didn't say how old he is or anything like that just that he's getting man, older old man ibaka um yeah this is i mean siakam is good but i mean like this team is older and uh 46 and a, 46 like if they won 46 games that would be the worst record for raptors team since 2013 right yeah. which is post um but yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of feeling the under, and I'm kind of feeling the fade. I think, God, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna be so close to that number, right? I think the I think this line is properly set. Uh, I'm tempted to go over fade on this one um, because I I think that just general osmosis on this team is probably gonna be enough to get them over forty six, right? Well, what, what, um, there are a couple of things that concern me. So one is, how does their offensive identity shift now? Yeah, they played really well without Kawhi last year, but this, this is a little bit of a different group. They're going to have to be playing more more guys in the forward rotation, and and also depth other than the front court. So, yeah, I think under an underrated thing, and I'm looking at this is like who was like low key who was their best play, like the best player on that 2018 team, right? And that's kind of a thing that, like, real real Raptors fans will know this, but JV was their best player, right? And and he was. And, like, Dwayne Casey didn't realize it, but he was their best player. And he, like, when he let him go, he was really good. And they miss him, right? And as much as I think Gasol helped them get over, I think that going from JV to Gasol was actually down with The problem, again, JV got hurt, so it would have been probably, like, you know, I think you hang the banner, banner lasts forever. But I would much rather have JV now than Mark. Right, and because he's younger and well, it, he's got well, it's, like it's interesting because I think Mark Gasol has a lot more value in the playoffs because I mean he was huge in that series against Orlando. He he just stoned Vooch. He did a nice job on on Joel Embiid, and so in those circumstances, I think he provided more value. But this isn't the same Raptors team, so I think valid the argument that you're making is more intriguing based on how the Raptors have changed without Kawhi. God, is this really a forty six wins like a forty six win Raptor team? Uh, are they twelve? They don't have Danny. They don't have Kawhi. They're older. Lowry's coming off. Like that, that's why this is pretty clearly a fade to me. Is that if it, if it really is in the water there, and Nick Nurse is a good coach, and they have a GM, and yeah, so they're if, they're if, just if, like they're just like the Spurs, and that they're a forty-eight win team. Even if you take a, if, if they're the Black Knight, even if you take a couple of their limbs off, they're still going to fight. I would. That's possible. I would, dock, I would dock them six wins if they if they've just brought everybody back. I would have docked them six wins, right? So 52, and I'm saying like, okay, but take take Kawhi and Danny off. I'm gonna go. God, uh, see the, the my rule is if all like so. The, 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 what's confusing me, listener, is that Jacob has under fade on it, and Danny has under fade. If I go under, I'm almost temp- I almost kind of like have convinced myself that if I that if all three of us are, I'm gonna go play right and i can't talk myself into playing 46 and a half on the raptors just because i think just like like muscle memory and like Masai will get him over so i'm gonna go over fade and i'm gonna hate like i think and but again i think i think 46 and a half is is almost perfect right because <laughs> i think again i think this team will will feast on really bad teams and they also i mean again they also 
they didn't play as hard as they could last year, and I like Siakam. So, and it's the like the uniform. I think the uni- I think the uniform is good enough to win 47 games in the East this year, right? And so, but I'm gonna go over because I I overfade. I I don't I don't trust it. Uh, um, so their division odds six and a half to one. I don't like oh, that. No, 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 no. And they're I hate their conference and title odds no, just because no. they don't have no, the no. top end talent. You know, narrowing their rotation without Kawhi Leonard doesn't give them the same advantage. Uh, so here's the question: Do they blow it up? Maybe that's part of the reason I went under. I, and and blowing it up is because they have all these guys that are on expiring contracts. It just means you move them for somebody else. So I think Masai is going to consider it. But the other problem is they need to get. I think especially now that they won the title, I think they need to get offered something material. You know, you can't just get something menial like a late first round pick for Kyle Lowry when a you know let's say like a Sam Hinkie with no pressure might say that first round pick is better. Kyle Lowry, you know, maybe we win a playoff series. That's not that big a deal. When you win a title, I don't think you oh, can make Lord. those same decisions. I'm looking at this now. They're, Lowry's expiring. Gasol's expiring. Ibaka's expiring. expiring. Uh, basically, everybody but Norm ben ba- Like, the no. only people who are not Powell expiring. and Pat McCaw. And, like, the, Siakam, they have the option. Yeah, sure. And, oh, he, he'll be back. Okay. I'm, I'm switching. I'm going under. Okay. I'm gonna hate myself, but like I'm going, I'm going under fade because like I can't talk myself into it. But like I really kind of feel there's there, there's like a 75% chance they blow this up. And I'm writing this down. There's like a there's like, yeah, or at least I, it's I think, not necessarily blow it up, but just sell sell more than they buy. You know, like that they're that they're worse at the end of the year than they are at the start. I think there's a significant chance of that. I mean. And, but there's also a chance, like, all it'll take is OG having a good year. I'm a big believer in Ananobi for them to be, you know, pretty good. Like, you know, kind of like in a way how the Pacers were last year, where you couldn't necessarily figure it out game by game, but they beat the bad teams. And they, if were they were feisty against the good teams. They're a good home team. The way we if it was like a 49 and a half, we'd go, we'd go underplay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if it was, if it was 45, we'd go over. Yeah, I probably. Think. Yeah, I, I would go. I would go over fade if it was a forty-five. If we were projecting, we were like, "Look, hell, Jacob has it forty-six-three, right?" Yeah. And, so, and, I mean, and Kevin Pelton, Kevin Pelton has it at forty-five-five. So yeah, it's, so it's we're right like looking at it and go like, uh, "Yeah, okay." God, I didn't realize. Basically, everybody on this team is expiring. Um, Pretty much. So yeah, I mean, like, I think I think Kawhi is going to make like I think uh, uh, I, I have heard that you have you heard the Giannis to uh, Toronto talk? Of course, I have. Yeah, that, that's a possibility, and and you'd want to add some assets to make that happen or at least guys that would make sense around it yeah it's well, what is what is what is Giannis ooh oh 2021 he's 21 unless he gets no no friend. no but yes but we we Danny we know this pattern if Giannis isn't resigning with the Bucks, yeah but right? see to me he's gonna he's gonna use this year to decide I, I don't think yeah, but every, I, I, every even, player every player we've seen basically this is the year they either the team because the team comes to him and says are you resigning and if they say no then basically it has to be moved this year. So Giannis is on the cusp of like the Paul George zone, and like like Toronto has all this cap flexibility. That's really interesting. Really interesting. Is it going to become like oh you must trade you must give a Siakam for Giannis? God, I hope I really. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, Bucks fans. Anybody who's a Bucks fan who's listening, like, just like, so, I'm sorry for bringing this up. But I know that like Giannis and 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 uh, Messiah are like really close, right? I don't know too much about the relationship, but I mean, Messiah is very very popular around the league, and it wouldn't surprise me if Giannis was one of the people who thought highly of it. Yeah, I think that that that's, that's really interesting. Now that I look at it, okay, so like I'm definitely I'm a lot more comfortable with the other. It's a fade still for me because I think like <coughs> the uniform, but um, 
Um, I do think that like, and we don't like the division. So now let's get to let's get to my Your Boston Boston Celtics. So Boston they won forty nine games last year. The it's <laughs> Vegas set the over at forty eight and a half, and the under is like we've got a forty eight and a half on both ends. What do you think about the Celtics? I think that offensively they're I mean and they're going to miss Horford of course because he's he's fantastic but the Kemba Kyrie swap isn't going to be as as impactful in terms of their bottom line I think especially because Kemba has generally more health stability I think that that will really help losing Rozier hurts because even though I don't love Rozier at least he was a player who could play basketball that's a nice thing to have but for the big concern for me is on the defensive end. I mean, not only did they lose Al Horford, but they also lost Aaron Baines, who was a nice stabilizing yeah. piece for them with and without Horford. They lost him for salary purposes because they need to clear a little bit more for Kemba. So Brad Stevens, the, so I'll, I'll, I will throw it to you without my prediction yet for, to say this. To me, this is the Brad Stevens magic season. If they can, and he's already had one of those, but if, the, if he can get this team to defend, if they can exceed their point differential again, all those sorts of things, then I'll be an even stronger believer in the Brad Stevens magic. Because well, this is this to me, this is the this isn't the hardest coaching job in terms of of players and emotions and all that. Because that was last year when the wheels fell off the wagon. But if he can coach this team up, I'm going to be impressed. 48, 53, 55, and 49. Right, those are the last uh, win totals. The last four seasons, and really that 40. I mean, like. Some of those were kind of like thrown together and put together. I already irrationally love Grant. Grant in capital letters with like a question mark at the end. He's the new uh, Grant Williams, the rookie for uh, for Boston, who like was probably legitimately might be the best rookie interview. Uh, he's he's really he's really an interesting kind of cat. And I like I actually like I like this team a lot more in terms of I mi- I'm going to miss Al I'll miss Al forever. But in terms of composition, in terms of kind of the players that I have, I kind of like it. I mean, I you know we still have Hayward, but you know whatever. Uh, hopefully, there's some improvement there. Um, you know, and uh, I'm going to be polite and call him Hayward, not call him something else. Um, um, you know, again, I think that like they lo- Al's the one. Al and Aaron Baines hurt. I like the young guys on the team. I think it's a team that kind of fits. We've seen what Brad can do with this kind of team. And I think Vegas, kind of like that number, which is uh, 48 and a half, right, um, is right on the wheelhouse. I, I mean, if it was 47 and a half, I'd be banging it. 48 and a half is a bit of a dare. Um, God. Um, crap. I... Uh, you know, well, so, it's so like- this, uh, we'll see if this affects your. So I'm under fade here, and for me, it's a much clearer fade than over under because I think this is a very well set line. Like it would not surprise me in the slightest if Boston won 49, 50, 51 games. You know, like that, that's totally, totally plausible, especially because I like a lot of their young guys, and I think that. Well, the, there's, ju- been, like, uh, there's been some stories that like Kyrie was not like um, a, a good locker room influence. Well, for sure, and, 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 but and, and I mean, also there's just there's. Kemba can can I think can fit some of that can fit some of that stuff. He's not going to be as much of the me versus the world guy as Kyrie was at moments last year. And also, it's just and I've seen this with various teams over the last five years, where even though maybe the ecosystem isn't that much better, the perception of just hey it's different will make some of that stuff work better. Just it's not the same guys, so it'll just be better because they'll come in with a different attitude. Do you think the Raptors or the Celtics are a better team? 
Celtics, they have more depth. And I, you know, the, the Raptors do have some top end talent. I like their, their defensive, the defensive bones of the Raptors are really, really good, you know, with Siakam and the bigs and, and OG, I think can do it. But, but the Celtics, I think their overall talent level, their depth. And also I think Boston has a clearer incentive to push through because their guys are under contract and they're looking at this through a different perspective. They don't have everything else. So I, yeah, I think the Celtics are a better team. Where am I sitting? I mean, it's 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 really close, right? So Jacob has it at forty six and a half, um, and I'm I'm legitimately so tempted to just go. I can't go. I cannot go underplay with this with this, right? Because if I go underplay, I will hate myself and lose, right? Um, and I also don't feel it. I kind of think that maybe so. Mm, so is the play under fade, but then bet the division for the Celtics? So the division is at six and a half to one. So yeah, I think that's that's if you're kind of on the on the borderline, I think that's a reasonable way to do it. Just because six and a half is a pretty significant payoff, and you're bet you know you're partially betting on the Sixers being a little bit worse than some expect. But yeah, I think that's a reasonable one. I probably wouldn't do that just because I think I'm a little lower on the Celtics than you are. Not much, but a little bit. But it's a re- that's a reasonable interpretation. Like I like their division bet better than the, the over. Yeah, I mean they're missing. So I think that mm, God. I mean, I could see them just going forty. I could see them just winning forty-eight. All right. So I'm gonna uh, God. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under fade, and I'm gonna put a note that we both like the division odds because again, I think that's the play. I mean, six and a half is so six and a half. To one is a better bet than the over, right? And they could like I think we both clear that there's 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 like a twenty five percent chance that they go over twenty five to thirty percent they go over this number, right? And they win fifty two games because like, you know like some one of the guys comes up, somebody like has a leap, whatever, you know. But I think under is the likelier scenario, and it, I don't think it's going to be significantly under, right? I think it's just going to be under, right? Forty seven, forty six, that kind of number. Right, it's just like Vegas put in a zone where it's like, God, man, why are you doing this to me? That no, that number is so like, so tempting. Okay, so I'm gonna say like we like six and a half to one. Compar- right? Comparatively, yeah, I think that's. I think if you're optimistic about the Celtics, that's the, that's the one you should take. Well, I'm also it, it, there's a t- there's two parts to that. If you're optimistic about the Celtics and pessimistic about the Raptors and the Sixers, and sure, I think absolutely, all, yeah, that's a better bet. Okay, so speaking of. Let's get to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Sixers uh, won 51 games last year. Uh, they are uh, low number is 53 and a half, high number is 54 and a half. Uh, Jacob has them at 51 and a, 51 and a half, more or less, under fade. And they uh, have a pick that they're sending to Brooklyn, but they're not thinking. Yeah, and it's, so, it's, it's lottery protected. So it that do- yeah. lottery protection doesn't affect the team's plans because they're gonna they want to make the playoffs they're 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 basically has not been a team that would prefer to be the nine seed instead of the eight so and they lost they lost mcconnell reddick and fultz and they added uh big al well and they lost Josh jimmy Butler, and they lost jimmy butler and jimmy butler and uh kyle quinn uh who i like trey burke who i like raul netto Eh. I like, I also, like they, Al Neto. I think un, underrated, underrated, and and like uh, Jacob doesn't have him getting a lot of minutes, but I like Cyrus Smith, right? 
Uh, I think that Cyrus Smith is under, on the, like, uh, uh, flying underneath the radar. He was a really good pick last year. Uh, got hurt, didn't play that much, but I think he's a good add to the Lillette roster. Now, they... So one thing that's that I, I so I think Jerry West basically did a really good job when he traded Toby because he got a lot of their he got shooting, he got who uh, he got Landy who I really like. So the the problem with this team to me is shooting, right? So they have a lot of size, but is it Josh who's making the threes on this team? I don't know who it is, and and so that's the that's the big thing for me here. So let's let's look at a couple of the teams. Although, although Simmons Simmons is making threes in in in, in scrimmages, but like okay, but yeah, I'll, I'll believe when I see it. So I think Philadelphia is going to have an elite defense that could even be better in yes. the playoffs, just depending on personnel. But there are a lot of teams that have elite defenses and are very very good that don't win fifty five games because like Dude, so I, granted they underperformed to their point differential but like the Jazz last year won 50. OKC last year won 49. Indiana shockingly great defense last year won 48. And the the to me it's the instability of their offense that is a big concern because they, there there are games when they just won't score enough and they'll lose and they'll just lose. And they're a good team, I think and I think they could be a really good playoff team. I think they are a specifically rough meaning good for Philadelphia matchup for the Milwaukee Bucks as both teams are constructed right now. But in terms of regular season wins, this is an under for me, but it's a fade because they're so damn talented is, that I think they What could is their what what is their best five? Tobias. And does it make sense? Yes, it does. So it's Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. You go super, super size ball. You don't let the other team score ever. You get some stuff in transition, then you pray that somebody makes so a Toby's, shot. So Toby's playing the three. And well, then, you, you know, the, posi- the position assignments don't really matter as much just because they have a lot of guys who I can think, defend. I, I think that, honestly, so the, the move that they made, the lateral move they made, the way, the way Butler to Horford is a downgrade. And I love I love Al. And the reason it's a downgrade is because Al really brings a lot of the same things to the table that they already had, right? Whereas Jimmy was a more flexible piece in terms of giving them defense and being able to cover wing players, right? So I think they've lost defense on the wing unless, I mean, what? You're going to, Simmons is actually better when you're putting him on the post. You can cover all five positions, but Jimmy was a better wing defender. They also lost shooting in, 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 in Redick. So I'm not, I'm I'm kind of thinking to me this team is unless like you know unless Simmons starts shooting threes, this team was really more of a lateral move than an up move. And I love Al, right? But I think the style that favors what you just said, playing all those five guys together, is more of a playoff style. So I think they're a better playoff team than they're going to be a regular season team. Does that make sense? It makes sense, and they are not the only really talented team that we will discuss. Though most of them will be on the next podcast that I think will be a lot better in the playoffs in the regular season. So yeah, I think so. so uh, the over under is fifty three. Uh, fifty four is too rich. I'm under. I'm under playing. Interesting. So I'm I'm under fade. Do you, and I was just thinking back. Somebody can go out and it's just, this out the if roster, they want. It's just, I'm, I'm thinking about it and going like, does this roster make sense? Like, there's no shooting on this roster. Right, so basically, so what's going to happen is people are going to do what the Celtics did do, do, do defensively to the Sixers, which is when they have no shooting, they go like, you know, when they didn't have Jimmy or like, they're like, screw it, we're going to back off and dare you to, shoot. we're going to basically let Simmons handle the ball and dare him to shoot, collapse on everybody else, right? So it's basically going to come down to like, okay, Al has to make jumpers, but then really, if you're doing that, I mean, you're going to be making, you're going to be taking two for threes, right? So they're going to lose games against teams that are like, if somebody gets hot shooting from threes, they're going to beat them. 
right? Because they're not, they don't have enough defense to chase people around. I mean, they, don't get me wrong. They have good defense, right? Good physical defense. But in a regular season game, I don't know that they have enough guys to chase people out there on the perimeter, right? You can beat this team by, like, running around the perimeter and shooting threes, right? So construction-wise, it doesn't make sense. And, like, for me to pick a team to win over 54, like, at 54 and a half, the, the team has to make sense from a construction point of view. And if somebody get like so, if one of their like, who's their what's their depth? What's the guard depth like? Like who's handling the ball on this team other than Sim- like who's their point guard other than Simmons? Well, Richardson handled it a fair amount in Miami. Neto will probably do it when Simmons sits. Ooh. They'll probably and they'll probably run a lot through just scheme stuff with Embiid or maybe Al Horford that that type of idea. I'd like I'd, I'd like a point guard on this team. Yeah, it would have been great if they could have used some of their resources to get like a little bit better there. You know, I can give me, uh, me Landry like somebody like Landry Shermet would be great. Oh on this God, team. if they hadn't if they hadn't made the Tobias Harris trade and had just signed him as a free agent and they had those extra first round picks and they had Shamit, it would well, be. Why did you? I mean, why did you like you know don't trade with Jerry, just don't trade with Jerry West? What are you doing? Like if they don't make that if the Tobias Harris the Tobias Harris trade does not happen. The league is wildly different right now because, like, Jerry doesn't have the assets to pull off the like to get. Well, Kawhi yeah. Here's here's forward. the crazy here's the crazy ripple effect. I I haven't really I want to write on this at some point, but haven't yet. If the Tobias Harris trade doesn't happen, I think Tobias Harris still ends up on the Sixers. Yes. And yes. the Sixers have Shamit. They still have those extra second round picks. They the, a couple other things are different. And then, as you said, maybe the Clippers look really different too. So yeah, that's it's a big maybe, it's a big what if. Maybe they're in play for Kawhi. Who knows? I mean, maybe. I mean, the, it, it, I, the, argu- the argument could have been there, and maybe if they get Kawhi, you trade Ben Simmons. There are a lot of different. There are a lot of things that could have been different. Look, and I'll say this on this podcast, right? And I'll say this. I uh, <laughs> I, I will say this, but I don't know. I don't have contacts on a lot of teams, right? But, 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 Kawhi was never going to the Lakers. Right? I don't. I, I will go to my grave believing this because I have people who know people in his camp who legitimately were saying like all along he's never he's not going there. He's using them for leverage, right? Right. And that's take that as you will. So I don't think like if that tra- if the, if the if Toby Harris trade does not happen. Kawhi is somewhere like maybe Kawhi is in Toronto still, right? Because well, I don't or, think he's going or to maybe or maybe the Clippers just give up less for for Paul George and OKC takes it anyway because they got a ton for Paul George. That's entirely possible yeah. too. That both, but but it really kind of oh, and, and Russell Westbrook isn't playing for Houston, right? Uh, just, just it's a possibility. <laughs> all this insanity is down to like why, like Jerry West is calling you. Do not make that. And here's the thing. I think here's the thing. I think Philadelphia has a good team, but like. The stuff that they trade and the stuff that they're missing, as you said, if they don't make that trade, if they simply have Simmons, like if, if really they're going Simmons, Embiid, Toby through free agency, Shemay, and they've got Sire Smith and a couple of the other guys, it's, I, I think it's a better team. They, they get Al probably too. And that team makes more sense than the team they have now, right? So again, I don't think it's a bad team. I think it makes more sense to like beat the crap out of people in the playoffs. But in the regular season, they have flaws. So that's why I'm going under and I'm going play, right? I, 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 will, I, I will. I will say this 
to me of the of their kind of broader odds the ones i like the best are their title odds at eight at eight and a half to one the reason why is that so when you're looking comparing conference odds and title odds one of the things to look at is well how do you think that team would fare if they made the nba finals and to me if philly is playing hot enough that they beat milwaukee and everyone else then they're in the place where they can absolutely beat the team in the West. So yeah, I like I like I like their title and odds. And it's at more eight than and it's more than double. So that means they're. Saying I like they're, I like their title odds at eight and a half, and yeah. I like their conference odds at two and a half. And and I like Ben Simmons MVP odds at one hundred and fifty one. Here's my logic, right? If Ben Simmons starts shooting threes, right? Is that is that a is that a better like if he starts shooting threes, he's winning the MVP. And is that a is that a is that a one fifty to one bet? And I think. Yeah, it's good. I th- I I throw some money at that just in case. It's it's inoculation against like Ben Simmons coming out and all of a sudden shooting threes and being the best player in the league, right? And and, and I say that people will laugh, but like he's really good defensively. And the flaw in his game right now is like he's seven feet tall, but you can back off of him. If he's seven feet tall with a handle and you cannot back off of him on the perimeter, then he's going to just completely destroy everything. Like there's no like if he if he if you have to cover him. At the three-point line, there's no way to cover him, right? Because he's too. He will get past you and dunk on you if you basically have to basically collapse on him, right? Which is why people laugh about shoot a three, you coward. But really, if Ben Simmons is shooting threes at like, he doesn't even need to be that great. If he's hitting at like 32, percent then he becomes like a massive defensive problem for like the other team because he's so freaking tall, right? So I like Ben Simmons at 150 to one. As as kind of inoculation against like oh him starting to shoot three I don't think it again, well, it's it's basically it's, it's basically the Blake Griffin argument it's it's the idea that it, like kind of if he puts it together he's he's really really good I'm also I mean okay. you, 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 like if if, if 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 he starts shooting threes at like three a game like let's say four a game and making thirty three percent of them. Like, he's winning the MVP, right? Well, Giannis is still really, really good. But he's in the conversation. And I, I think yeah. Joel, I think Embiid at 19, 19-1 isn't bad either because if he really puts together, like, a defensive player of the year type of season and is still just super productive offensively, <laughs> I could see, there's, especially there's, if the, the the other guys load manage, like Kawhi and everything else, I could see him winning it. I don't like it that much. I'm going to say I, I like uh, Simmons. I like Bayonet at 50 to, 150 to 1. You like, uh, what is it? Was he 6 to 1? No, Embiid is nineteen to one. So I'm going to write this down. Basically, I'm putting. I don't love it. Like- I, do, I don't love it. It's just I would consider it. Like if I were if I were an Embiid optimist, I would consider it. It's not. I'm gonna, it, I don't think it's the best bet on the board or anything like that. But you know, I, I, it's it's piquing I my think, interest. I'm going to say that like the reason I don't like it, I looked at it, is that they brought in a lot of like size to kind of like back him up and cover him. So I think the load match, so he won't play enough, right? So I don't think he ever plays enough to actually like win the MVP, right? And, and and you know I just that's fine I mean that makes some sense but I think that there's like it, it, again I I don't like it enough to bet on it right uh, so like nineteen to one do we like their division is point seven eh conference is two and a half to one do we like conference or do we like title better I like title better but they're both fine like they're both intriguing to me we like their conference. At two and a half. I mean, here's the thing. I think that this team is so large and so good defensively that once you can actually like start like hitting people, which is the playoffs, and that happens in the playoffs, this team is going to be really tough. They're so tall and so huge. It's just like you can't get away with it like in the regular season, but in like a playoff series, there's going to be game where like they're just going to like just like not let you score, right? They're so tall and they're so talented, and it's just not. It's going to be tough. Like I'd like for them to have more shooting, but like, sure. Well, and also something I really like about the Sixers defensively is that 
pretty much whatever type of star you have, they have a guy, they have at least one player that will make life hard yeah. on him. So Josh Richardson, yeah. if, if you're a guard reliant team, Josh Richardson's going to make that guy's life hell. If you have a big guy, Horford and Embiid. If you have a, a forward like Giannis, probably Horford takes the lead, but then they have guys like Ben Simmons that yeah. can log some minutes. They the Defensively, they have so many options. The worst possible matchup for them is Golden State in the finals. That's the worst possible matchup for them. Probably. Right? Because they they if it's Clay and Curry, they have real they, they're gonna have real problems covering yeah, the perimeter. To, and Tobias Harris is gonna have a hard time. Yeah, Tobias Harris is gonna have a hard well, time. Well and series. and you get a lot less value with Joel Embiid because Embiid isn't stopping he's not stopping drives because those drives don't exist. However, if it's if Philly's getting the Lakers in the finals, oh, then man. they're licking yeah. they're licking they're licking their chops because they're going to beat the crap out of that Lakers team. Right? I mean, it was, that, that series would be really tough to watch, but fun. Like, It'd like, be fun for us. Like, like, LeBron, like, legitimately, Anthony Davis might take like three three chair tops to the head. Like, it's, it's just, it's, it's just, just, it would just be a car crash for an entire series because it would be LeBron <laughs> driving into a horde, Anthony Davis, like, because there wouldn't be daylight for passes. It would be, it would be wild. Oh yeah, they, they, why would they like they do the Toronto thing where like why would we guard anybody else on this team? It's like yeah, Kuzma shoot shoot as much as you want, Kuz. Or like well, actually no, Kuzma would probably get somebody beating him up, and like everybody else would be like okay, just, just oh you want to shoot? Go ahead, go ahead, good, feel free. Oh Rondo, you want chuck it up, Rondo? Don't worry. Um, okay, so I think we're about done with the East, and well, we, have we have we have one team, team left, and that is the team that was the best in the NBA in the regular season last year, the Milwaukee Bucks. They won sixty games and actually underperformed their point differential, sixty-two point four per clean the glass, and they lost Malcolm Brogdon as the most important departure that they had. In- I they, they lost they lost Henson Snell, Frazier, Wood, and Brogdon. And so I they lost like, Brogdon. Yeah, but they also I don't like the players that they added. Right? Sure, so that, that's that's a fair Lopez, that's a fair Bender, concern as well. Corver, Wesley Matthews, John Luer, I'm not a big fan. Well, Luer's already Luer's already gone too, but um, uh, it's, it's but, but, but so okay, so the Vegas is is skeptical too because their over under is set. So fifty five and a half is the low. So if you bet fifty, so they could win fifty six, and you could win on the over. And if you want to bet the under, you could get at fifty seven and a half. Meaning there's a lot of variance. There's a lot of variance with the Bucks. A lot and of the Bucks. I understand why many will be skeptical. For example, uh, Kemp Pelton's projections, which incorporate you know player changes, and also because he uses a three year model, it includes some of the Jason Kidd time. Actually, a significant portion of the Jason Kidd time. He has them. His projections have them at fifty point seven. So that's pretty significantly below this. I'm an overfade here. The reason why I'm overfade and not overplay one part is Brogdon. I think Brogdon's a good player, though he missed a bunch of last year. But the other part is just it's a lot of wins. You know, like if Giannis how many, misses more time. How many games do they need to win to get the number one overall seed? Uh, probably in the fifty-five to fifty-eight range. But it, it might because here's the thing. Like I. I think there are, there are a lot of teams like when we'll look at over unders in the East. Like this, the next highest over is fifty five, and that's going to be the Clippers. But well, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about yeah, I'm talking about overall for the league. Yeah, that's what so I'm talking my, about. So, but, but here's my here's my thing. So so that's where these projections are. Generally speaking, when there are this many talented teams, somebody will exceed expectations. You know, there will be a Denver Nuggets, there will be somebody else, and that team could win fifty six, fifty seven, and that team will push the Bucks a little bit. But I don't know who well, you, it is. You were, it's gonna you were, be you were at you were at overfade, right? Yes, absolutely. So I was initially when I looked at this, I was ready to go under on the Bucks, right? That was my first impression. And then I started thinking about it, remembering the season. And again, I, I play DFS, which is daily fantasy sports, so I look at rotations for teams. And the Bucks basically didn't play fourth quarters, right? 
So, yes, this team is worse probably on the edges than it was last year, but they also didn't play for, they didn't play fourth quarters. They rested. And actually, that probably cost them the Eastern Conference Finals because they didn't switch gears to like playing their guys' extended minutes. They have another gear that they'll use, and they will care about the number one overall seed and the number one that they will care about home court in the finals. So I think that because the number is at 50, here's the trick I'm going over at 55 and a half. And I'm going overplay at 55 and a half because I think they will have incentive to go hard enough to win 56 or 57 games, right? Because I think that's what it will take to get them the number one seed. Now, as you, as Danny says, I don't know who it's going to be. Is it the Sixers? Is it the Lakers? Is it the Rockets? Is it the Clippers? Is it the Warriors? Who's going to be the team that's going to kind of challenge them for that number one seed in the finals? But I think there'll be enough incentive for them to win over 55, what is it, 56 games? Yes, that, they have, to win, they have to 56, 56 will clear you'll be clear on the over and they had enough they had enough left in the tank to win more games last year so they won 60 games but really probably could have won 65 but they i mean again if you watch their season a lot of time they just like well once they got it i think i believe if i remember correctly they got the game uh no it was the the raptors were the one like so they were they they the raptors they were playing hard to get the one seed over the the warriors late late last season both those teams were basically positioning so they would have home court in the finals, right? So again, I think the Bucks care, and they've shown that they care, and they're talented enough that they can do that. Now, again, as I said, they're worse than they were last season, but you know, barring and I mentioned like the, the doomsday scenario for this team is is either Giannis getting hurt or Giannis demanding kind of out. Danny thinks it's going to be later on in the season. I think it's uh, close. By the way, I checked. It's a uh, Masai helped Giannis and his brothers get a Greek citizenship. Is the the story, right? Uh, after they migrated, so yeah, there's there's some ties there. So that's why the Raptors fans are confident. But like, I think I think I think they're the one seed. I think they're going to try to win the title, and I think they're going to care about the one seed. So I'm going over play, right? Well, so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to switch to a play. This is the first change that I made from my original stuff, and the reason why is I'd forgotten that Giannis missed ten games last year, and because I was I, I you know. And they, he, they, were rest, they were resting guys. They left were resting right, guys, and 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 also he missed some games due to like he had that I think it was a concussion where he missed a couple games. He had he had had something like that, and Lopez played a lot, but also they're missing Brogdon. But Brogdon missed uh, eighteen games last year. They were and, they were doing the Warriors thing where they were they were rarely playing fourth quarters. They're yeah. basically like the last rotation. And, and remember, like Giannis was the MVP of the league last year. He's that was his age twenty four season. Like I fully expect him to be better this year than he was last year. And, and nothing makes me happier than Giannis being the best player alive because I, I've been driving the Giannis bandwagon since basically he was a rookie. So it's so it makes me so happy. Yeah, he's he's just he's just so good. And really, he's still he's still not making three. Like he's making some threes, but he's not making them consistently. Once he does that, it's oh god, he's going to be so insane, right? It's it's just problematic. Okay, so um, let's go through their other stuff. So the division odds, it's is. Am I correct that it's no. one to five? So meaning you have to bet. Yeah. Division odds for Milwaukee is like it's like you know if you if you need hey I've got a thousand dollars I I earned it somewhat illicitly and like the, 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 like you could over. just put that money in a, you can put that money in a CD and probably get an interest rate that's probably. Oh, no, see, the gambling story is like oh I've got a thousand dollars that like I earned in a weird uh, illicit way and I need to convert to clean money so let me run like why do they post these odds so. <laughs> Well, That's why you're betting a one to ninety nine shot. So but yeah, how, how do you um, feel? How do you feel about one point six to one for the conference and six point five to one for the title? I don't like the one point six odds. I love the six point five for the title. I think the six point five is a great number. 
uh, I think that's that's a really that six point five is a great number for them to win the title. Um, uh, Here, here's something else for me. I really like Giannis at three to one for MVP. Oh he's, yeah, both, he's that both, damn good. Yeah, both those numbers. Like the story with MVP is MVP is won by generally won by got somebody who's finished in the top three before, right? So uh, and and teams and and the league likes to reward guys more than once. And I think I think there's he's 25 now, so there's a really good shot that he's a better player this year than he was last year. So and there's a really good shot that he goes and he starts the season before the season by beating Team USA in the World Cup. So well, and, I think and there's that, also there's also a significant shot that they have the best record in the league again, and that he plays more than a lot of the other guys. Like that was a, that that's been a part of the argument before. Yeah, he's, just, he's like he's the clear he's a, like you like guys who are clear number ones who are in that age range where they're improving and who've been there before because that, that you know there's there's an earning it kind of like paying their dues kind of factor right well, so and I'll, Giannis, add, I'll add in one more that they're on an unquestionably good team because yeah. the Russell Westbrook MVPs do happen but they don't happen very often it's so much easier if you're on an unquestionably best, elite team that's inarguably the best player on the best team in the league is at 3 to 1 is is a really good bet and and, and Guys, don't like, don't like. I think, and he missed ten games last year. It wasn't like he yeah, was perfectly healthy or anything like that. He missed ten games. They're going to be, the, they're going to be the best team in the East. Uh, maybe, maybe Philly challenges them, but I think that this this team is less flawed. Brooklyn really didn't play, so they lost them, so they really really lose them. And they had more in the tank. So I think Giannis at three to one, and I think like Bucks to win the title at six to five are both great great bets. Like I think you're getting you're getting free points on these. Now, granted, I mean, I think. The real odds for Milwaukee should be something like four to one to win the title, uh, because I think the real challenge for them is Philly in a series, and I think that's the most significant challenge. Other than like, I think the biggest challenge for them is that. I think it's and, them and the Clippers and the, and the Clippers, and I think, and I think so. Let's say I think they're they're, they're probably I'd probably put them at four to one to, to like to win both those. So I think six to five to one is great. You'll be happy to be holding Bucks to win to win the title at six and at six point five to one, right? Yeah, I, th- so, I think that's totally fair. So I, I think the way to summarize this, we we don't need to go through every every team, but what I want to do is the ones. Win? What I was thinking who, we do are the ones are the plays, and so the plays that we agree on: Hornets, we both said overplay; Knicks, we both said underplay; Bulls, we both said overplay; Bulls. Magic, we said overplay; Nets, we said underplay; Pacers, oh, no, Pacers, we disagreed. That's right. And then uh, Bucks overplay. Then the other so, ones. And, and going for all three, right, including including Jacob, then yeah, Hornets, Hornets over. Uh, let's see. We Knicks also. Under. Even the, oh, no, that's we, right. Because Jacob's we all, models. We, we all agree under Hawks, even though you said, you and, and Jacob both said uh, fake. Sure. But we think the. Yeah. Over, overplay. Oh, the only. I think overplay on the Bulls is the only one we. That and underplay on the Nets are the two plays that we all agree on, right? Um, yeah. And we also. The Magic over. Um, Jacob is an overfade on that one. You and I are both overplay on the Magic, right? Yeah. That 40, that 40 and a half number is broken, it's right? Low. It's like. You could have you could have given me you could have given me forty two and a half on the magic and I would have banged it right so I'm I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm getting and forty three and a half still on the magic I would have thought about it right but forty and a half is kind of like in the southeast why is that number so low right like they're gonna be playing the Hawks the Wizards and the Hornets right like oh like what is it 
Like there's like tw- almost like 20 games against crappy teams, right? So why is that number so low? But whatever. And I think we both agree on the we both agree on the overplay on the Bucks. Jacob is a slightly bit lower, but again, I think you know 50 50 and a half, 55 and a half is really low considering that I think they're going to care about it, right? They might win less than last year, right? Because I don't think they're going to win to win to win as many to get the one seed, but they're going to care, right? Barring a catastrophic injury, I think they're doing that. So, question to you. Which teams in the East do you think have a realistic shot at winning the title? Of winning the championship? Sixers, Bucks, not in that order. And maybe the Nets, if they can put it all together. I would say those are the three teams. I don't think, yeah, the, Raptor, the, Nets, I don't think the Raptors, Celtics, Pacers have the juice. Yeah, the, the, Nets, the Nets is a, the Nets is a, is a KD is coming back bet, basically. Right? Right, yeah, it's KD coming back and not being 100%, but maybe like 85, 90%, and that that's enough. That's the idea. Yeah, and I don't, like, I don't, you're also betting that DeAndre still has something left in the tank, too. So that's that's kind of, which, again, I think it's, again, uh, this is I, why, I think you're, you're betting that they figure out whether DeAndre, that one of DeAndre or Jared Allen works and that they play the right guy. I but think does, that's that mean, you're does that mean you, we like the 40-1 to 1 to win the title for the Nets? No, because I could see Brooklyn winning the East and not winning the title. You know, like because they, yeah, uh, yeah, well, forty, yeah, but but I guess that's so it's more than double. So the idea is basically that if they make it, yeah, it's not bad. It's not it's it's not terrible. Because um, yeah, I talked about I had talked about twenty to one kind of being my threshold. Yeah, who's, for, who's who are they seeing on the other side? If it's the Clippers, then yeah, they kind of host. Yeah, that's right. that's that's the one that's good. But but to me, the difference between forty and twelve. Also, you could hedge you could hedge that forty if you like. So if you get that and they win the East, but you think they're not going to win the title, well, you can. Yeah, I that. think I, I think for the Nets, the best playing we said it, which is wait for those conference odds to get higher because those conference odds might get to fifteen, might get to twenty, might get to thirty. Right, and if it's like I'm talking about, maybe they go on a five game losing streak early, and basically those odds drop. So that's interesting right and do we think anybody like orlando can bubble up orlando no. pacers like i, I, I think, the pacers, think i don't think they have the juice pacers are the yeah. most interesting to me of that group but i i think that they might just be a year away I, their forward depth is a little bit weak and all that but I, I, there's a lot to like about the pacers i think of the teams that i said were not contenders they're the most likely i wish the celtics had really gotten they got they got grant who i love but i wish they'd gotten brandon clark too uh you know, I really, I, I because uh, because the Celtics, unless Tatum kind of emerges, they don't really have that guy. I mean, I like Kemba, but like they need like somebody else, right? And I, they're gonna miss that interior defense, particularly in the particularly in the. So I like them, but I don't think I don't think they have it, right? So yeah, I'm not consider I'm not considering them a serious challenger. So really, it's the Sixers and the Bucks that we like, and the Nets maybe. If Kevin Durant can like somehow come back and be like ninety percent for like the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And I think that's in the lower end of the probabilities. Yeah, same so I think here. We, and especially because depending on how the how the East shakes out, they might not have the first couple rounds to figure it out. You know, they might it might just be that he's on his way, but he's not there yet, and then they just lose. And then we're, they're looking good for next year, but they're not there yet. It's hilarious because I don't think they're like there's maybe two teams now. Like there, I think there are. Like the top five of the East last year is probably better than anybody with the top two this year, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, but that's that's what happens. And there was there were some ex, there were some exoduses and exodi. I don't I don't even know what the portal is. <laughs> and but exodi, exodi. So yeah, but it's uh, 
yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be interesting to see where it plays out. Any any closing thoughts? Or I mean, we still we you and I are going to record the West after this, so we have plenty more we can talk about there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think that uh, I'll point out a little bit on the disagreements. I mean, I think we disagreed on Cleveland, but like it was more like you know, <laughs> it, it wasn't like a large disagreement. I think our biggest one is probably same thing on the Wizards. It, it's just we're arguing we're arguing over like a point or so. Um, I think the biggest one was probably the Pacers. Yeah, probably. Right? Uh, because I think we're both kind of looking at it, and there's something I think there's a two win distance. But I, I actually, again, I kind of like the organization, and I think you're a little bit, you kind of think that they won't care as much. But again, I think I, that's there, and I think that was the major one. And other than that, I'm surprisingly kind of uneventful east, considering how confusing it is. We, as we mentioned, like we had 43 percent turnover. This offseason, it was crazy, right? There's a lot of teams that like completely change over, but I think I think we we kind of have a good picture of where the East. I don't think there's going to be any real surprises in the East. Do you? No. If you were pick, if you were picking a team to surprise you out of the East, who would you pick? Like to win it, or just a team to really defy expectations? Yeah, I'm looking at the Bulls kind of a little bit. Bulls. I mean, I'm lower on the Nets than maybe I should be because I think Atkinson's an awesome coach. And if, especially if, like, Levert and Dinwiddie, I'm a huge fan of both of those guys. So, like, maybe maybe my, my process just isn't good and they're just better than I thought. 46 is a lot for me with them. Um, I, I really like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I may be a homer. I really like the Celtics roster, except for Hayward. But I really like that roster. Kind of, I like the guys they have on there. Here's the other way to be surprised. And I, I, I think that there's going to be a team, I don't know who it is, in the East, not based on injuries, that just really disappoints. You know, that just it just doesn't work out, you know, like that sort of circumstance. But I have no idea who it is. Like, I, I they're there because there are a lot of the these teams. I mean, we're kind of we're kind of pointing at the Raptors, really. Yeah, it could be the Raps, could be just that the Pacers. But is that, just a, is, that, is, that, is, that a, is that a disappointment or is that like like Messiah going into kind of. Right, <laughs> right. It could, well, see, that's why I wouldn't necessarily include them. Like it could for a lot of people, it could be the Hawks just because if they think that this, they're like the team on the rise, that they're like, oh, they're the young thunder or something like that. I don't but think we don't. That. We don't we don't like the Hawks though. Right, no, but that's what. But but I'm talking about like a general disappointment, you know, like that sort of a thing. Not necessarily us. We might see it coming. But yeah, I mean, we're slightly we're slightly under on where Philly is, but we're not unreasonably under on Philly, right? So I think that even that, like, and we both said that we like them better for the playoffs than we do for the season, right? It's like I think the the, the trip with Philly is I think they're going to win their division. And I don't know if they're necessarily going to care about getting to the high spot. So I don't know if that's necessarily a disappointment. So, yeah, I think I don't expect a lot of surprises out of the East other than possible, which what I mentioned, which is the possible Giannis drama. But you kind of think that that's going to hold that's not going to happen for a while yet. So my, my theory is that, that happens in if it if it happens and it's, that's an if that it would be after this playoffs. So that would be June, July of twenty twenty. Right, but I do think it, I, I do think it's 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 really interesting that that Toronto is basically all expiring. So that's 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 a really interesting kind of dynamic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the East. I mean, there's not surprisingly, I think there's some fun teams there, uh, but I don't think that there's going to be a lot of surprises in the East. Now, the the West is going to be a more interesting kind yeah. of conversation. I think. Yeah, it, it will be, but we will save that for we will save that for next week. So thank you so much for taking the time. Okay, well here we are. Thanks again to Arturo Goletti for taking the time to come on. You can follow him on Twitter at American Numbers, A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-N-U-M-B-E-R-S. 
And you can also listen to him on the Western Conference edition of this podcast, which will come out early next week. I want to give this one a little bit of time to breathe, but we have already recorded it. So it'll come out, you know, soon enough. I'm guessing, let's say Tuesday for right now. And it's great. It, it's it's great as well. Get to get into some real arguments um, and discussions and clarifications and all that kind of stuff. So this is, one, to me, one of the tentpole episodes of Real Jam Radio every year, just going through it in such detail. So if you want to spread the word, I really do appreciate that. It can be this episode in general, whatever you see fit, social media, all that fun stuff. And if you want to support the show and any other beyond that, leave a rating, leave a review in the podcast player of your choosing. It's great if it's Apple Podcasts. I understand if it's not. And if you want to be super awesome, if you use something else, you can leave a review both places. Also, subscribing, downloading every episode, super helpful. Real Jam Radio is 52 weeks a year. So it's great to subscribe because there will be new stuff when it comes in and it can be unusual times. So if you have any feedback on the show, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com is the way to do that. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. Hopefully I'll reply. Not great at that, but I will read it, and that's what's most important because that's input on the show, everything else like that. And it really does matter to me. I'm trying to make the best show possible, and it has totally affected things over the years. But the single most important thing you can do to support the show is check check out betonline.ag, check out our sponsor, and use that Podcast One promo code, which gives you a 50% welcome bonus and also tells them that you came from us. So it accomplishes multiple things at the same time. And I often do something cryptic about how I'm really excited for next week, but you already know that next week is the West over with Arturo. I am actually going full bore and recording other episodes too. Uh, those of you who listen to the Adamares and David Locke podcast know that I'm going to do the other five divisions and some of those will be recorded a little bit ahead of time just because that's when my guests were available. So those will start rolling out as soon as I'm done with Arturo and they're not particularly time sensitive. So that shouldn't be too much of a problem. So those will be continuing throughout the end of August and the beginning of September. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day.